0: Hi, I'm Vicki Abelson, and this is the road taken: celebrity maps to success. Wow! Right, and you are a celebrity, and our celebrity wow. tonight. Is I the- came for the map. <laughs> <laughs> I got it backwards. Oh man! I want the map. <laughs> Damn it! You know what? We have to Rick Smolke, my printer who does all of my stuff. He's fantastic. Quick Impressions in Chicago. Uh-huh. He. And look what he made. He made a tissue box of all the people that have, like, did that. women to write. You know, and we're going to have you come back for Women right and then you'll be on the next tissue box. Maybe you'll be on our. What could we have next, Louise? I don't know. We, Rick, what could you make us next? He can make us maps. Celebrity maps <laughs> yeah, to success. Rick, we're going to have you make maps. And if you guys need anything printed, Rick Smolke of Quick Impressions in Chicago. He's Chicago. I know there's a Chicago connection with you. Yes, yes, yes. My parents are Chicagoans. Oh uh, okay. Yes, but you weren't born there.
1: No, I lived there in first grade for six months.
0: Okay. Then my Cold. parents
1: found me, and I had to move.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we we'll so, are gonna, gonna get to that. So if you need anything, uh, printed, uh, head to Rick Smolke of Quick Impressions of Chicago, and they will do you proud and right and good, and they're good people and. Rick is a humanitarian and he does so many charitable things and he, do you know that he has never charged a musician to do their CD? No. Uh, he's never charged a musician because he encourages people's talent. And wow. he has been a supporter of women who write for 10 years. He's been my angel and made all this stuff and we give swag to all the women and all this stuff. He's, so yeah, nice. he's an angel. And so if you actually need stuff printed for, work, you know, that for business cards, bookmarks, whatever you need, he'll do it and he'll give you a great deal. And also I wanted to give a shout out to my hairdresser, Nicole Venables, who I went to see the taping of uh, Will & Grace last week. And so she does Megan Mullally's, which is mostly leaks, I didn't know that. But anyway, so she she was on set and my stylist, Craig Ames, hi Craig, was there um, getting everybody dressed and everything. Anyway, so Nicole had just cut my hair and somebody had just commented in the audience that they liked my hair. And I said, well, that lady did it. Nicole Venables of the Ruby Begonia salon. Do you remember Ruby Begonia? Don't Ruby, B- oh yes, does the name Ruby Begonia strike you? Yeah, because yes, it was it from Amos and Andy. Amos and Andy, right back in there. Yes, that's impressive. right. J freaks.
2: Jay Freak. she, Louise
0: made fun of me for for two years because I always asked her if she knew Ruby Begonia. She knew, no, but Leno
2: Williams, Amos and Andy. Like oh, does he? Real? Yeah.
0: All right. Well, Amos so, and Andy were pretty great. They were pretty great. They were so, funny. They
3: were
1: funny. They funny, were very. Louis,
0: come come yeah. back here and sit with us. Come pull up a chair come and friends. come be with us because yes. there's all kinds of history we're going to talk about. But anyway, Nicole has products that you can get at the Ruby Begonia Salon in Studio City. You can also get them at friendsbeautysupply.com. And I, I want to ask you about this. Yes. Um, any any issues with um, substance abuse, Jimmy?
3: Uh,
1: not yet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you'd be the first addict to start (laughs) start. in their their 60s (laughs) um no
1: no no i've never had a drink no drugs wait a minute
0: you have never never
1: had a drink yeah he's lying
0: to me right no
1: no in the two years we went
0: out he has a drink they They went out that's a whole nother story (laughs) we're gonna get to
1: that and now i'm drinking after two years (laughs) you have never had a drink no when i was seven years old for first communion. Uh we had to take they a do. we had to take a pledge not to drink till we were twenty-one. Okay. And You so, took it seriously. So I took the pledge. You were the only person. I said, yes. yes. And the kid next to me yeah. uh was mouthing the words. And I said to him, How come you're not saying? He said, Oh, I'm gonna drink. He, was, <laughs> seven? he, was seven. he said that in he, seven. Yes, he knew it was seven. <laughs> yeah, he was gonna drink. Oh my god. And then I got to be twenty one. I I kept the pledge. Yeah. I was twenty-one and uh, you know, in college, kids were throwing up in the dorms, drinking, and yeah, then listening. Yeah. It just seemed idiotic so, yeah. to me, and I just never never drank. Wow. Yeah.
0: And you never, like, puffed a... You didn't even do a Bill Clinton not inhaling? You, like, never no. tried? Uh, nothing. Nothing,
1: no. <laughs> never occurred to me. And, you know, in the comedy clubs every night where they give you free drinks... Free everything. Uh, I have friends that were oh. alcoholics, you know, the first yeah. year that they were... Oh, doing, yeah. yeah. So, fortunately, yeah, I never... Never that uh, is
0: well, and that that speaks to your friendship with Jay because he's also a very sober human being. Uh, he never had a drink either, which is kind no of crazy. The only yeah. two people in the entire comedy <laughs> business that have ever lived that have never had a drink or drug. That's right, that's right. And Louise, you've that's never
2: right. had a drink?
0: Well, No, I haven't. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well after the show we are going out. There you go. We're gonna, we're gonna, to a we're bar. gonna pop
0: Jimmy's drinking cherry. I don't know. Um, <laughs> somebody said you're not supposed to pop, you're supposed to say break. I don't know. Um but that but what I want to talk it about
2: slang, does it matter? I don't know. It's not know. a medical term.
0: I don't know. I was a cock I was told I was saying it. You're doing it wrong. Whenever I say you're doing it wrong, what does it make? it makes me think of Mr. Mom, when, when Michael Keaton would drop the kids off, and all the moms would go, You're doing
2: it wrong. Do you remember that? North to pick up, South to drop off. Yeah, ex- thank you. And <laughs> wow. so, anyway, but I wanted to talk about
0: um, addiction here because I am an addict uh, in recovery. I, I have not had a drink or a drug, and I wasn't a druggie, I wasn't a drinker, but I smoked a lot of pot. Okay. And so I have not smoked pot in um, about 18 years. Wow. And, um, and how
1: did it affect your life when you were?
0: You know, it's interesting because, uh, oh, the table's turn. Jimmy, Jimmy, ask me a question. I heard you were going to do this to me. Oh, no. oh Because you're the warm-up guy from, from um, With Oprah. We're going to talk about that. But for me, what it did was I was highly functional. My house was neat. My bills were paid. I had a good job. I had a good career. I was, mm-hmm. I was pretty successful as a rock promoter in New York at the time. But what it did was um, it made it so that I couldn't look anybody in the eye. And I kind of was not my best self. So if I had to manipulate somebody to get what I want, you know, I, I just um, I wasn't the person I wanted to be. Oh, and okay. um, I decided that um, it was enough. And yeah, it was time mm-hmm. to. I was. What what the, the actual bottom was? Um, my my husband at the time, and he was my husband at the time. We were standing on my father was sleeping over for the holidays and he was in the living room and we stood on a radiator at two o'clock in the morning with our heads out the window with the towel rolled up under the door spraying Lysol, smoking pot out the window and I was 45 and it's like my father's in the and then in the morning we heard the toilet flush as we were smoking and I went oh shit and I was up all night worrying about it and I went out in the morning and my father said you know I smelled something kind of funny last night and I did what any good addict would do and I blamed my husband so I thought you know No, that's kind of a very not nice thing to do. So that was kind of the end of my using. But I have been a 12-stepper for many years, and I go to meetings every week. I went to three meetings this week. I go to meetings every week. But for people that are a little uptight about going to meetings because they're afraid it's going to affect, I I tell tell everything to everybody, but Uh there are some people who are afraid it's going to influence their career in a negative light. And so some people are afraid Mm. to get sober, let alone to go to meetings and do recovery. So there's there's a solution now. And I want to tell you about somebody that's come to my attention. Diana Feeney has a group called The Change Group and it's specifically designed for professionals so they can remain anonymous and have support from other professionals. You can do it online, you can do it on the phone. You don't have to go to actual meetings so nobody sees you, nobody knows your real name, they don't know your company. But it's support not only for the getting sober and staying sober, but it's also support for how to do your job as a sober person. So that's kind of a whole different thing. So anyway, um, it's Diana Feeney and I'm gonna have the, the link in the liner notes because. I don't know what to call them, Louise. What do you call them? I call them liner notes after the show when I do stuff. I liner notes is good. Yeah, right? But that's like music. I think liner notes are like music. I don't know. What do you call oh, yeah. them? I, I don't know. I don't, we need a new name. Notes? We need... Um, show oh, notes. Show notes. Show shows notes. I don't know. I, I'm going to work on that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, I, want, I would yes. like both of your opinion on this. Okay. okay. So when comedy goes... oh, Now, I know your humor... Um, I don't know you to really, you're very funny. I don't really know you to cross a line of taste, but I would imagine you have here and there um, where something maybe was. Um,
1: yes, sometimes when I talk to people in the audience, which is a lot of my act, sometimes I'll get a little too rude. <laughs> And the audience will let me know. Do bit. they? I cross the line, yeah. They will. Yes.
0: So crossing the line in person is one thing. Crossing the line in print then mm. is forever and for always. And a lot of people, uh, you can't. it's not just the people in the room. So I'm, I'm tr- make, trying to make a decision because I'm writing an article. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seeing somebody who is a great deal younger than me. And And what's um, the difference? What's the age? Twenty six years. Okay. It's a great deal. It's a great now, male to woman the other way would not be any big deal, right? I well, not as big a deal. (laughs) Not as big a deal. As a matter of fact, I just saw Alec Baldwin recently. He is Mm. sixty. He has four children under the age of five. And his wife there's about that much age difference between them if not more yeah it's a big deal it's a big deal so um well look they're happy and i don't judge them no we're not um, judging
2: but it is it is a
0: deal it's a deal um but that's not my question okay i'm not getting into the eileen young for a reason i've been i've been told that that's my destiny but anyway so so the, the issue of children when you're alec to the wife's age doesn't really come up right because it can still happen. My father-in-law had children in his 60s, lived to 96, lived to see his second set of grants, his second set of grants, you know, be eight. And yeah, I, I think
2: Moses had kids when he was like 108. <laughs> it's amazing yeah. that, uh-huh. what
0: that Moses can do. Yeah. <laughs> Those But anyway, so I'm writing this article about the fact my friend Zoe also has a much younger uh, fiance and okay. Um, Hers is a fiance, and she was saying to me that there's a solution for this. She said, do you know that the average life expectancy for a woman in America is 73 to 78? I said, are you killing me in 13 years? I'm 62. I said, and wait a minute, with the Alzheimer's, I probably... She said, yeah, because you could actually have a relationship for years, and he could still go and have a family, and it wouldn't affect things. So I am writing an article about this because I think it's very, very funny and very silly. Um, you know, I, dementia runs in my family. I'll probably forget him in like eight years. He could go find, you know, he's uh, cooking already and he's barely in his 40s. Anyway, we're not up to that and it's not about us. It's just about the issue of is there a closed door or is there an open door? Is there a path to walk to maybe there be a path or no? So I'm writing an article about it,
2: about the age difference about 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 having kids
0: uh, uh, all of it about all of that and the title that I came up with Uh is the semi-final solution (laughs) I'm sorry right it's really bad but it's really good and I'm going to
2: defer to Jimmy
0: I it's really bad right it's terrible oh Holocaust jokes are I, very true. I know, and I'm <laughs> that's cheap, what I and, and yeah, I'm I was, Jewish. You know. Well, but still. I would <laughs> say no. Yeah, no. I know. It's killing me to give it up because I really... But
2: that's the bravest, boldest thing to do is to let go of something that's darkly humor because you're, you're being strong and saying... And I'm saying to you, I don't want the emails that, or the tweet, the tweets you're going to get the next day they're you know, <laughs> posting. I'm saving you from that.
0: Well, first of all, it's not. It would not get to that point because I'm going to submit it to the LA Times and the New York Times, and it's not going to get posted if they feel that it's something that is going to be. And hey, what's the backup? have a backup? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, as well, so I, right I, I, right have, I have a couple backups. Because otherwise, not, they, not,
1: they will choose for you, and it will be yeah, no, something Yeah, no, around. I
0: will send them a couple of others. Mrs. Robinson's theory of relativity. There's a few other things okay. that, yeah, um, yeah. that it could be, but they're not nearly as... That, that's a really perfect, just a play on words, not having nothing to do with the final solution. Just yes. um, yeah. But anyway,
2: but yeah, yeah I'm not going right to... borrowing the cradle. Huh? the cradle. Huh? Borrowing the cradle. No, because you're not really robbing it if he gets to marry someone else and have kids after you're gone. No. Yeah. But then, no. but it's not really, a, well, I, I don't
0: know, but, but it's thank not, you. but yeah, yeah, it's not. But okay. So, so let's, so let's talk about
2: this thing. What was this thing? How'd you guys meet? We met at the Laugh Factory.
1: Laugh Factory Comedy Club? Yep. Yeah.
2: And when what, was that? Really, the, very, very strong stand up comedian. And he was struggling. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: That's right. At what
2: point in your career was this? How long ago was this? Like 10 or 15 years ago? No, no. No. 20, 20 years ago. Oh, like, that's over a big 20. Di- That's a big difference. Yes.
1: I was uh, writing on The Tonight Show at that point, I think. Louise, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And Louise was at Premier Radio. Uh, and she was taping the comics. I was
2: a captain of industry, uh, and, and he was working for the Tonight Show. So you met through that. Yeah. Well, we were taped, we would tape it? the comics at the at the Laugh Factory like three nights. Before. I hate this you have to move up because I feel like no, no don't have
0: because, because then the, the audience is is looking at us turning our backs to them. We don't want to turn our backs on you. Yeah,
2: it's not ideal. I'm going to get out of frame as soon as we, my segment is done. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're watching oh, this oh, tomorrow, oh, you can just cut ahead. No, stop that. I
1: want
0: to hear this. Yes, I <laughs> want to hear it too. So tell the
2: story. I'm listening. Um, I would go to the, the Laugh Factory to yeah. record comedians. That we had upstairs you could plug in a DAT machine that went down to the a mic. A DAT machine. When yes. was the last time we heard about a DAT machine? Yeah, so i yes. old enough to remember. Okay. okay. It was
1: it a was kind of a tape.
2: Yes. For those of you, recording
1: no, no. devices. Okay, but even then it was obscure. Okay. It, was, it was a really professional yeah, title. It was
0: professional, but hold the story for one second. You yes. have to tell your phone story just for a second, what you told me before, when, when kids oh. were asked to...
1: Oh, I just saw a video of kids trying to dial a phone, an old rotary phone, and they didn't know how to do it. They would... Uh, dial the phone but they didn't know to pick up the receiver before they did and so they would dial and then they would wait for the mother's phone to, to ring the cell phone and nothing would happen and then they would, the kid, no I know how to do it and then the other kid would do the same thing and kid after kid would not hysterical. know to pick up the phone and it just, just they were missing
2: around. one crucial step hysterical, I yes. absolutely
0: love yep, that yep. story um, okay so there's an Ann Brogan on here, I'm assuming she's related uh Brogan, yeah.
2: And oh, Brogan, no. And
1: Brogan Martin, my He's cousin. A- yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we got to think about
2: that. A okay, so yes. let's get back to the story. So Jamie, the owner of the Laugh Factory, said, Body, oh "Buddy, oh you buddy, you got it. You got, 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 got to go on stage. You got to be. You got to be funny." And so he, he, well, one one Christmas, he was giving. Oh, out So you weren't doing, doing stand up yet. Yeah, he, oh, okay. he gave out these really cool jackets. Yeah. And he said, you want a jacket, you got to be a comedian. (laughs) And you wanted the jacket, so yeah, I wanted the jacket. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I got my jacket. I like it. I'm not a good comedian, but I do have a jacket. And so, yeah, so I was recording the comedians, and then we would do something called the Laugh Factory Minute, where we'd cut their sets into one-minute bits Mm -hmm. and send it out to radio stations so people got familiar with the comics and the comics made. Allegedly, if Jamie paid them, which
1: Oh, it didn't come through you, it came through Jamie? No, yeah, it was supposed to come through uh, Jamie, because okay. he was getting
2: all this publicity for the Lab Factory. So uh, I have no idea if people got paid or not. Yes, no. to get back to the story. But, but, but,
1: but here's, yeah. here's the great thing about okay. this, yeah. is Louise never used me. Okay. Um, yeah. no. Really? Yeah, she, was, you would never in that me. I was never.
2: It's the Shoemaker's Kid. That's, right, kid. that's, that's the way right, that right. is. Did you sign the release? No. <laughs> well, there that's you go.
1: It's because my act is very audience Yes. And you'd have to take the audience as well. as. I it, see. And
0: you have to get permission from the audience. No. Um,
1: well, it's hard to capture as well. Right. Because you right. right. just said one might. Right. 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 Okay. So yeah. get back
2: to the story. And then I guess we started going out. There you go. Exactly. And it was. <laughs> it was a long time ago. It was. It was. Because yeah. 10 years yeah. is very different yeah. yeah. than 20, 20 years. Yeah. 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 Our so kids so. are in college.
0: Excellent. Okay. Well, I like that story. So. And you guys haven't seen each other
1: no, it's been a long time.
2: Yeah, it's been a long time. Also, this is nice. This what do you want to say? This is Good. like a little reunion. Do too, so do you. Thank you. Yeah. So I'll let you two get well, back to your Well, you're going to
0: still yeah, talk right here. And right here. And this still this is how it
1: us. ended last time, too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 you guys talk, and she, she's gone. She just <laughs> <exactly> <laughs> she just got up and went. <laughs> yep. All right. Right? It's over. He thinks I'm still there. It, well, you know, actually, you are because there's, oh, there's a delay, so oh, you're right. so you're actually oh, there. Right. You go. You're that's kind right. of just going now, according to, to what I'm seeing here. Okay, so so Jimmy, let's before we get to like all the stuff you've done, I want okay. to figure out where you've come from. Sure. So so you were saying that you were in Chicago for kindergarten, but where where did you originally grow up? Uh,
1: my first six years uh, outside of Boston in Wesley Hills. Okay. And then my dad transferred to uh, back to Chicago. And what did your from, father do? He sold landing gear. That's very funny. Uh, door to door, and <laughs> how, how, his, how did his he sample have, case was huge. How, <laughs> how, how, how? How? And boy, with his
0: sample no, case. but case.
1: he sold landing gear for uh, all the major aircraft, and
0: was he stuff. funny?
1: I saw him tell a joke once, and I couldn't. I be saw him tell a joke once. I was at a company function that he yeah. was doing, and uh, he got up and opened with a joke. And I couldn't be more surprised that my dad would tell a joke because I'd never heard him. Really? Yes. Was your mother funny? My mother was funny. Ah. She would tell little stories about herself uh, that would make us laugh. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Because it has to come from something. We had a dog named Andy. That would uh, hide behind the stove in the kitchen because it was warm in the winter. Mm -hmm. And, And at one time we had, my mother had painters over, they were redoing the living room or something and they were painters and they would change down the basement. Yes. and my mother would be in the kitchen and our dog would be behind the stove and my mother would go, Andy, I see you, Andy. I see you, Andy. And finally the painters came up and the the head painter, the head guy said, uh, you've got to stop. You've got to stop that. Uh, uh, the painter Andy is... <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'd be changing in the basement oh into their overalls God. for the painting. Oh and they'd hear God. my mother going, I see you, Andy. Oh, my <laughs> God. And so she would tell that kind of story. so <laughs> That's very. That's very cute. Yeah, so she was sweet and funny,
0: and because the humor had to come from somewhere, because it's not just you. You have a brother who's comic too. Who I'm going to was a comic. Yeah. Was okay. I'm going to slip that in now. So when I very first started, we uh, I used to perform at (laughs) Good Times on Third Avenue. Oh wow! And so Tom Brogan was the MC when I started there, and he was very kind to me. Rico liked me and told him to put me up. But then Tom Rico was the owner. Yeah. Rico was the owner. And you
1: performed between two pillars. It was so if people. Two, not two little pillars, two giant p- yes. pillars that held up the building. Yes, there. they did. And uh, so you, it, so you were in a baby. little cove there. Yeah, people on the sides. No. There was just a voice. You might as well have been on radio. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it really I was, was yeah. kind of like yeah. that. Yeah.
0: It was this cafe on the corner. Plus, it was glass windows around the whole thing. So people had way too many distractions to be. Uh. But I killed the good times. Boy, that was my audience. But, okay. But, okay. but Tom was very kind to me, and he put me up. And then I, I would fill in for him whenever he wasn't there. Wow! So that's my beginnings of, of stand-up. Okay. So, so okay. Fun. So anyway, but to yes. have two comedians in the family, yes. Somebody there's funny somewhere. So your mom, I'm getting that. Yes, that's okay. where
1: I get it from. And my grandfather, who actually passed away before I was born, okay. when, when he, this is where the sense of humor comes from. When my mother was a little kid, yeah, and she had a very stern mother, but her father was funny. Uh, well, what's
0: your What's your ethnic background?
1: Uh, Irish. I'm Irish from both, both, I'm both I'm sides. Dead, yeah, so. Uh-huh. so uh, Sunday morning breakfast when mm. my mother was little, uh, they finished her father would finish this cantaloupe, half a cantaloupe, and he'd turn it over and he'd put it on her head and he'd yell, <laughs> We've got a new pope. <laughs> and, and he
0: clearly did that more than once. Yeah. <laughs> and you know,
1: juice would be dripping down her face, oh. her hair would go. Yeah, and her mother would be
0: furious. Did she did your mother did your mother think it was funny?
1: Well, she told us the story as another humiliating story oh, in her, yeah. her life. But to me, it was... Adorable. I mean, yeah, we've got a new pope. I mean, what's funnier than that? It's pretty funny. Half it came up on a kid's head.
0: It's pretty good. Yeah. I kind of like that story. Yeah. Okay, so, you, so you're so you in Massachusetts, then you moved to Chicago, and then in, where did in you... In Cleveland. Oh.
1: Is, yeah, that's where I grew up. You grew up in from, Cleveland. Yeah, from second grade on.
0: And are they funny in Cleveland? Cleveland has a wonderful sense of humor. Does it? Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's oh. really
1: because, I mean, it's pretty bleak in yes. the Midwest. Louise from Buffalo and she knows, you know, living on Lake Erie there in the, in the snow belt is just, is pretty bleak. Were you always so, funny? You know, I thought I was. I think uh-huh. everyone else just thought I was odd. Ah. <laughs> My family just thought I was eccentric, I think, yeah. And
0: so what was your, um, What can you remember what your first passion, like what you wanted to be when you grew up? What was the first thing you wanted to be when you grew up? I did not have a plan. Really? Yeah. Till when?
1: Uh, so I think I started doing stand-up at 25.
0: Oh, come on, but you had some Sorry. plan land before 25. I, you know... You went to college.
1: I went to college because everyone went to college.
0: What did you study?
1: I was a sociology major. Oh, my. Because my roommate was a sociology major. Oh, that's a good reason. And he would make out the schedule every year. <laughs> And he was too lazy to make out two separate schedules.
0: <laughs> wow. So I was a sociology major. And, ha- and how about in high school? Did you do like school plays or anything? Did you ever? No, way too shy. Way too shy.
1: Yeah, just, yeah, I remember in college, my freshman year roommate, uh, Marty Doucette, was a great guy, great mm-hmm. friend. Uh, he was on theater scholarship, which at Notre Dame was, unusual, they carved out a special scholarship because he was so. I didn't even know
0: they had theater at Notre Dame. Yeah, they
1: almost didn't. It was Lovely. a very small department. Right. And he, they carved out a scholarship for him because he was so talented. They wow. made a scholarship for him, wow. and he was the star. He was Stanley Kowalski and *Sweet Candy*. Wow. You know, he was the star the of these star. plays. And uh-huh. he would tell me stuff about acting. He would say, "Oh, you gotta enter on your right foot every time." And that's I would like, "Well, I'll never be an actor. I can, I don't know the secret rules that Barney <laughs> <laughs> knew, you know." Uh, so, um, so no, it never occurred to me. I was way too shy.
0: Okay, so how did you? So you get you got out of college before twenty five. I'm assuming you weren't there for all those years. <laughs> well, it was well pretty close. so no. did you have job? Did you did you There's, work? Through I did
1: volunteer work for okay. two and a half years after college. I was kicked out of grad school because because they insisted you go to class. What <laughs> <So laughs> right. what
2: were you going for a graduate degree in?
0: Uh, because your roommate was no longer there. Well, no, he he he'd been oh, kicked okay. out freshman year. Yeah, <laughs> he'd been kicked out. Uh,
1: yeah, a long time ago. Oh. Uh, I was uh, an MBA for one semester and went, oh, this is terrible. You know, other kids were carrying briefcases, and they weren't even kids, these were adults. Right, were, right. Yeah, serious adults. Yeah. And then I did educational counseling, so I would've been a high school guidance counselor, was the thought Okay. at that point.
0: Did that interest you, or was that just because? I, I had to find something. Yeah, and, but you had no passion And no,
1: I thought, well, okay, maybe I could tell kids, but it's a good thing I didn't, because I would've told them, you know, oh, don't go to William & Mary, that's not his, go to Barnum & Bailey Clown College, that's <laughs> the school, you know, I would have, I would have sublimated my own, uh, yes. I'm not even sure that's the right word, but you know, that yes. my interest would have, yes, Yeah. I did you ever, did you
0: ever think about joining the circus, going down to Clown College and joining the circus, because I did, really, I wanted to, oh, really. you wanted to do that, I did, I did,
1: yeah, I remember calling up a woman who was teaching a clowning class yeah. in New York, before uh-huh. I started, and seeing Wow. thinking about, about that, yeah.
0: It's, yeah. There's, there's some kind of weird charm about it. Maybe. I, I mean, I had gone Maybe. to the circus. A friend of mine was working on the business end of Barnum and & Bailey, and oh. I went on the train after oh. the circus, and oh, they were all on the train, and there was something so romantic. They were sleeping in things this big. They were all crowded together. Yeah, it was yeah. an absolute nightmare, and I wanted in. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, but uh, not less than about five minutes. But uh, it seemed very romantic.
1: Well, I have a friend that was, was that guy. Oh, wow. Uh, Peter Petofsky. Wow. Uh, I don't know if you ever met yeah, uh, Peter. I I uh, the funniest physical comic I've ever worked with, and wow. I was uh, lucky enough to uh, write uh, a piece for him on The Tonight Show Aww. when Jay was guest hosting Aww. in Johnny's old studio. Wow. And uh, it was such a fun piece. It was uh, Jay reading a headline from the newspaper, man falls into Grand Canyon, breaks every bone in his body, <laughs> and uh, Jay, so Jay shows his headline, you know, every bone in his body, and he's just recovered. Today is his first day <laughs> out of the hospital, first day, and Johnny's studio was very steep, you know, I don't know if you remember. I, I was actually in there once, were, yeah, yeah. But it's, it, was, it was designed by Bob Hope, so everyone was really close.
0: It was designed by Bob Hope? Yeah,
1: so, so stand-up-wise, it was very steep, so everyone would be close to you, even the people way in the back. Right, right. It was fairly close. Right. And so we put Peter, Way up at the top. And, and so Jesse, he's broken every bone in his body, and, he, and oh, he, no, here he is. Gonna... Would you come down? Oh, and no. Peter falls down oh, the no. boom, boom. And people as, <laughs> at first are just oh, horrified. Oh, They're oh, trying oh. to catch him, you know, and then they realize, oh, of course, there's a bit. You know, he finally gets up and, and starts walking around, hits his head on the camera, oh, falls down again. God. You know, goes to step up on the, the little uh, riser that the desk is on, where Jay, you know, falls again sits down in the chair, goes over backwards. Oh my you God, know, that's comes up his head in a waistband. You know, it just, <laughs> oh, that's and fabulous. I mean, I don't know if it's on YouTube at all, but oh, it's, funny. it was a delight to work with Peter and to write this little bit with him. Fantastic. Yeah. And so
0: he was, a, he was a clown? But he, yes,
1: he had been, wow. yes, yeah. And I was with him in Vegas one time, and we were uh, coming through the casino, and a woman came up to him, started crying. She recognized him.
0: How do you recognize a clown out of she, makeup? She
1: wanted to be a clown, knew everything about oh. clown something, and was in tears to oh. see the greatest clown she'd ever seen, Peter oh. Van so. How long
0: was he with Ring was he with them a long time? Uh,
1: I, I don't know the answer to that.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Because the first time I've ever met him, he was in the audience at
1: the improv in New York. Uh, it just the, the circus was in town and they came to the Improv. Oh wow. Yeah, oh yeah. wow.
0: So he wasn't. And they all came with in them. one car. They all came in one car. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's the surprising thing (laughs)
0: that was the surprise and there were 50 of them yeah Yeah. i get it ah i like it i like it okay so so you're out of your you got thrown out of grad school
1: and that's that's the only thing that i knew was going to school and i wasn't good at that and so i was thrown out it was like i didn't even tell my parents i was so embarrassed it was so so if people are looking for the roadmap. It was, that, the, it, well, it was the saddest day of my life, it's the scariest day that I had no idea what I was doing, and also the best thing that ever happened to me, is it set me on a path where I could do what I really wanted to do. It took me a while to find it, but, you know... What do
0: you think about that, Jimmy? Because I, I think that's true for everything. I think that yes. every door that closes, we are propelled to the thing we're supposed to do. Yes, but at the time... Yeah. It was the
1: Definitely. most uh, <laughs> scariest thing, yeah. Anyway, and but, so
0: how did you rebound from that? What did you do right away? Uh,
1: I went to New York and did volunteer work uh, for a, a guy running for Congress named Albert Lowenstein. Wow. And he was the guy that started the Dump Johnson movement back in 1968. So he, when a sitting president seemed invulnerable, uh-huh. he got Gene McCarthy to run against him. Wow. And... Uh, then LBJ resigned. Wow. You know, I wow. said it wouldn't wouldn't run, right, right. run again, and all of a sudden the world wow. changed. Uh, wow! Yeah. So for two and a half years, I did volunteer work for him. He lost Jimmy, it. you
2: have to listen to the RFK tapes. It's a podcast. Oh, yeah, and okay. Al Locsin is, is frequent. Is is uh, he is uh, featured? Oh, because wow! Because he, he really believes that RFK it was a conspiracy. It wasn't Sirhan acting alone. Oh. And he oh, was there, of yes.
1: Well, and. The interesting thing is he tried to get Robert Kennedy to run first. Yeah, he did. Robert Kennedy said no, right So he then went got Gene McCarthy to run mm-hmm. great. Right. And then uh, Bobby Kennedy ran. And so as he was like, ah. you know he was caught yeah you know with a guy that he really wanted, but he was right. committed to uh, McCarthy. Gene McCarthy yeah. so uh, but a fascinating guy and uh, two and a half years, he lost the election in Brooklyn, uh, and then he ran. I'm Long Island. Because you dr- your driving. Because of me, <laughs> okay. yes. then, lost, then ran for the Senate, didn't get that nomination, oh, no. and then uh, lost again. Yeah, so. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. And so you know said, how to pick a winner. He finally <laughs> said to me, "I was driving into Manhattan after he lost for the third time, and he oh. said to me, you 'You've got to find something else to do.'" <laughs> oh, and uh, so I went to catch a rising star.
0: Okay, so how did winning? that? How did you think to go from politics to comedy? How did
1: you know, I was always interested. Okay. And I would go down to Folk City mm. and watch comics and.
0: But you hadn't uh, tried? No, I was. Even too, in your too bedroom? Frightened. Did you like write some jokes or anything? Uh,
1: well, at Notre Dame, I had MC a show. Oh. This was uh, my friend uh, Fritz Hofer. We, we did a, a, a spring weekend uh-huh. that we were, were part of. And uh, we started a thing called Bookstore Basketball at Notre Dame, which is the biggest outdoor basketball tournament. Still in the country.
0: Wow. There's everyone on campus. What does it have to do with the bookstore? Nothing?
1: It it was uh, played behind the bookstore originally. There you go. And so I named it Bookstore Basketball, and it's still going. And every year, the whole campus goes out and plays basketball, this elimination tournament. Everyone. Yeah. So part of this this same weekend, uh, I said to him, Maybe we could have an impersonation contest. People just doing impressions. Because uh-huh. I had a friend that did Ed Sullivan. My friend Mark Tracy did Ed Sullivan.
0: A lot of people did Ed Sullivan and back, back in the day. It was good. Yeah. But,
1: but and I said, there's probably kids in every dorm. There's probably right. one every dorm. We'll mm-hmm. have a dozen kids, mm-hmm. and we'll, you know, we'll give a little ribbon out in this contest. But I didn't think much of it. And he said, okay, if if you host it, that'll be your event. You know, it's okay. So uh, so the day of the contest, he got a stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was about three feet high. Put it up on the main quad. Okay. Uh, with a huge sound system, so we get ready for the contest, and there's a thousand kids sitting on the main quad. Wow. And I'm thinking it'll be five of us under a tree. You know. <laughs> and, and so I am seeing my first show. Were you and, nervous? Um. Uh, I think it happened so quickly. I don't know if I. I probably I was. But was
0: it fun?
1: It was a little daunting thinking, but. Uh, Father Hesburgh, who was the president of Notre Dame at the okay. time, and he was very uh, well-known and on boards of corporations, mm-hmm. he was on the Civil Rights Commission, oh, so, wow. so he was never Notre Dame. It was a big joke. At so Notre Dame. you're a lefty from way back. I like uh, this. Yes, I, uh, I am too. Were your uh, parents yes. lefties? No. <coughs> oh. No, no. Uh, big Nixon fans. My mother too. Uh, okay. Like, it, it, All right. Go um, ahead. So Father Hesburgh was almost never at Notre Dame, and it was a joke at Notre Dame, what's the difference between God and Father Hesburgh? And the answer was, God is everywhere. Father Hesburgh is everywhere but Notre Dame. And that was, <laughs> so that tells you how, how little we, we saw him. Wow, and so, so,
2: that's hysterical. <laughs> so I'm
1: up there, emceeing this contest, and Father Hesburgh walks by. And uh, and so I introduce him from the, I say, Father Hesburgh, gets a nice hand, and then I say, that's not really Father Hesburgh. That's Father Birchill doing an impression of Father <laughs> Hesburgh. And it got up laugh. Yes. And it was my first ad lib. And wow. based is. on that one moment when I went to New York, I remember sitting on the Greyhound bus going to New York thinking, I wonder if they have comedy clubs and I could do my little little comedy Did there. Did
0: you feel, I mean, that was a moment that you trusted yourself and you just said it. And you yeah. became that guy. Right? You became that guy. So you, had, you probably had a I'm thinking you had a sense when that happened that this is something you could do. I, n- well,
1: not enough when it happened, Okay. but it turns out when I went to New York, because of that one little experience, mm-hmm. I thought, well, I could be a comedian, <laughs> yes. And I'll tell you the great thing, actually, about this, uh, is uh, last year I was back at Notre Dame for uh, the class reunion. I was doing a show for the class reunion. Mm-hmm. And Fritz Hofer, Mm -hmm. the guy who set up the stage and and made me emcee, was there also. And we went and sat there for two hours and talked Uh, after the show. And I was able to thank him for... And he
0: very much was was instrumental in you starting your career. Yes.
1: And I don't know if he realized, even though I told him as we sat there uh, talking about it for two hours, that... That's lovely. That was the the moment Fritz that changed my life.
0: Okay, so, so this is a really important part of what, what the Road Taken is about, is is about having those realizations and following those instincts. And mm-hmm. really you weren't making a con- at that point a conscious decision, although you did shortly thereafter, right? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, once, um, once they kicked me out of school. I don't, <laughs> okay. So so when you when you got to New York,
3: mhm.
1: I did the volunteer work. Find the Lowenstein. Uh, and you didn't try
0: going over to comedy clubs? You weren't going to comedy clubs and checking them out at that time? We would
1: go to, uh, I would go with my friend Larry Lee, who also worked for Lowenstein, and we would go to Folk City. Oh,
0: God,
1: yeah. And uh, Folk City was a, a folk club where Bob Dylan started oh, yeah. and, and stuff. And uh, we would, because uh, it was free on Hoot Mandy Night, which was. And there'd be hootnanny hootnanny, night. That's a <laughs> That's that, yes, a called it. You them.
0: can tell that's a long time but ago. But even that was old. Yeah. In yeah, the 70s. Yeah, that yeah. was like a 60s kind of thing. Right. But they
1: still call it hootenanny night. And there'd funny. be maybe, there'd be like 50 folk singers and then three comics would get up. Right. And we would sit there and wait for the comics all night. And we would move tables because the waitress would come up and say, You want a drink? And mm-hmm. we'd go, uh, let's wait, we're going to wait a little bit. And then we moved table to another station because we didn't have any money. Yeah. And we'd say, uh, no, no, we'll, uh, and we kept moving around the room all night, waiting for the comments. And finally, Larry and I had the nerve to go up together. Our first, my first time ever was with Larry wow. on stage. And what'd you do? Uh, I did impressions. Of? of? I did Ed Sullivan because I learned it from my friend. And another friend of mine, Kevin O'Neil, mm-hmm. uh, at Notre Dame did uh, Walter Brennan.
0: Okay, really? those were big back then. They were very big. I'll tell
1: you that.
0: Were, <laughs> I'll tell you something.
1: They were huge. <laughs> uh, Can you, and, you still do
2: your
1: red? Right here, nine street. Oh, that's I good. Well, I
2: mean, they weren't great. Impress- they were. They good. were impressions of people doing it. Back. Right. So,
1: because my friend, I learned it from my friend. But. Uh, uh, Sure, Everybody's
0: learned how to do Christopher Walken from oh. from, um, Halleck, from from oh, that's right. I mean, and or from that's Jay right. Moore. Like so, yes, that's, that's, exactly. that's the yes. way people learn how to do impressions. Yes. So
1: so so, okay. so uh, yes, I thought I would do my impressions, and uh, Larry uh, had one impression of Mickey Mouse, that uh, mm-hmm. and but we had set up two man jokes that we would do at the beginning. Ah, okay. But Larry froze; it was too much for Larry. So I did the two man jokes all by myself. <laughs> Nothing. There oh really men, nothing because that would have
0: been very funny to me
1: well there were four people in the audience oh yeah and they were all folk singers waiting to go on oh. at four different tables <laughs> and you don't realize at the beginning you think oh it'd be easy to go up to fewer people but it's much harder because yes. there's no the, the group laughs yeah. that's right et and these people hated us because they were waiting to go on they had their guitars up on the table and they were just furious so so Larry froze wouldn't say anything I did the two-man jokes I then did Ed Sullivan, I did Walter Brennan, and then I turned to Larry and said, well, you've got an impression, Larry. And Larry had an impression of Mickey Mouse, where he said, you can say anything you want, you just have to laugh twice afterwards. Just, hello, ha uh-huh, ha, are you, ha uh-huh. ha. And so that was his Mickey Mouse. And then he started saying the dirtiest possible things. Oh my. Mickey, and laughing twice afterwards. He
3: would just say a vile, horrible,
1: dirty thing, and go, ha uh-huh. ha. And that got a laugh, the one thing that got a laugh with Larry, uh, still fame Mickey Mouse, yeah. uh, and and then we never got up again. That was oh. that was the end of. when we called ourselves the Brogan Brothers. Okay. We thought this would be so funny because Larry is of Chinese heritage.
0: Oh, that's so right. Really we thought funny. it'd be so
1: funny. We got up there. Well, we're the Brogan Brothers, and I'd say, and I'm the adopted one. We thought, oh,
3: was gonna be
0: this is gonna be such killer killer material. Nothing. Comedy Nothing. gold. People just yeah. looked at it as broken
1: brothers. And it, just <laughs> just, you know, it was just horrible. And but that's
0: because they weren't really listening. They were just waiting for their turn. Yeah. They weren't being fair. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But because of that, you know, I thought, oh, I've got some stage experience now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is
1: how little I knew about well, show business thank goodness.
0: Comedy. Thank but goodness you didn't know more. Or you would have maybe not done
1: it. Yes, you're blessed in many ways mm-hmm. not knowing the, the difficult path. Is bliss the bliss
0: thing, yeah. Absolutely, yes. So, okay so what happened so
1: so Loewenstein loses for the millionth okay. time and and uh yeah i go into the city to catch a rising star i stand in line there's a kid next to me who uh he says how much material you have and i had what i thought was five minutes because yeah. that's what they to right. uh i had no idea how long would last though my material yeah and i probably had two minutes <laughs> I, I didn't know and i, and I said oh i had probably five minutes Yeah, you know? and he, i said how much you he said Oh, I've got uh, two hours. And I went, what?
3: oh, what am what? I doing
1: here? It he just frightened me to death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, two hours, yeah. But he didn't say it wasn't a good two hours. Yeah. He just said two hours of, <laughs> of writing. Yeah. Uh, so so I got up there and uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, absolutely okay. bombed. I, I did an impression of a priest from Notre Dame, which got last at Notre Dame. Right. Because everyone knew him, obviously. Right. Yes. In New York, it wasn't quite so funny with... Good evening and welcome to five o'clock mass. You know that meant nothing to the people <laughs> at Catcher Rising Star, and uh, I didn't get a single laugh, and I didn't oh. know how to adjust the mic stand, oh. which you have to learn in comedy. And you're tall. And I'm tall, yes. And the MC was shorter, and I didn't realize the lights would be so bright. When you first get on stage, it's like, oh, right. So I didn't know. And I get off stage, and the MC says, "That's the tallest white comedian I've ever seen." <laughs> oh. And that got a huge laugh. because you know, oh. I, I got nothing. Oh, and I thought, oh, he called me a
0: comedian. <laughs> Something you know. Oh, yeah, So
1: he thought I was a comedian. Oh,
0: that's
1: good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then I went down to Folk City the next night, bombed again.
0: Same material.
1: Exact same material. Exact same. I thought, well, those Ooh. people don't know anything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm the expert.
1: Yeah. <laughs> bombed again. Yes. And then, uh, uh, and then a few months later, uh, I was driving a car down to Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, For my dad, Uh, because they were my parents were taking the winter in Florida, so I had a certain budget there. And uh, Dick Cavett's book had just come out, and some of your viewers may not remember Dick Cavett. That's so sad. That's but but it's true. But he was a rival of Johnny Carson, brilliant in in the in the day, Mm -hmm. and one of the longest lasting Mm -hmm. rivals. Most of them went off pretty quickly, right? Uh, But although Dick
0: had a a more um, intellectual bent to his, yes, it, it was it was less. And it was, it was more thoughtful entertainment, it was very thoughtful entertainment. And
1: he could do an hour with Kate yeah, Hepburn, right, with and, yeah, and right. it was wonderful, yeah. It was wonderful. Right. So he had a book that came out mm-hmm. at that time that talked about him uh, starting in stand-up as right. well as his talk show, and, you know, stories of Groucho. I, I'm going to
0: tell you to tell them and not me. It's hard for us yes, not to talk to each other, but I'm going to make you uh, tell them. The
1: stories of Groucho right. and Woody Allen and, you know, the guys yes. that he started with. right? And the book was eight ninety five, and I couldn't afford it. I had no, I couldn't afford. it. Wow. So I slept in the car in uh, North Carolina, so I could buy the book. You oh. know, motel rooms were maybe twelve dollars or fifteen dollars at that point, but but I didn't have it. So so I get down to Florida and I buy Dick Cavett's book and just to borrow it and wrote, wrote my first original material about going to an intellectual high school, and uh, and then oh. went back to New York and started doing stand up. And, uh, and then nine years later, my first Tonight Show, the guest right ahead of me, is Dick Cavett. Just It couldn't have been more perfect.
0: Okay, but we have to back yeah. up a little bit. Okay, yes. Because you went from not getting a laugh Yes. to nine years later. So yes. in yes. that period, so you read the But the great book. thing
1: was, was, yes, that Dick Cavett...
0: So Dick Cavett, yeah. I'm assuming reading his book was inspiring for you, and... It,
1: it talked about having kind of a voice as a comedian. Okay. And he tried to be kind of the... Uh, the guy from the country kind of the hickey that went to Yale. So he right. kind of a He country. found his place. And he who was trying to find it. I don't I'm not okay. sure it's a stand up.
0: Right. Yeah but he got the talk show maybe right. before he So uh, and what like. was the chari- what what was the defining traits that you took on for yourself, would you say?
1: I thought people in comics that's how little I knew about comedy. Yeah. I thought comics were still doing jokes about how tough New York was and you know, I went to a tough school you know, our Rodney, school, you're doing Rodney uh, here, yeah. I see it our, our school
0: newspaper had an obituary
1: column you know, those, those kind, of, kind of tough tough yeah. school jokes, so I thought I would write the opposite of going to an intellectual high school, Oh. and I I would, uh, you know, one of the jokes I did I would say, oh, here's a funny joke we had uh, and I would tell a joke in Latin I would say, here's a <laughs> joke like will be some movie and people would just but i go, oh, yeah oh, I know you appreciate that as much as I do. you know, everything was kind of I had like savers then for all the. Uh huh,
0: I like the, it. Uh
1: huh. But that's that's the kind of joke that I. So really,
0: you were you were.
1: But but it set me as, you, you were know, unique. I had a persona all of a sudden. Right. Uh, on stage, even though I might not been, one that worked or whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> you were kind of the yeah.
0: intellectual that's, comedian. That's how I.
1: And I would carry books up on stage. Oh. Yeah. With me. <laughs> I used to carry a book called 2,000 uh, Insults for All Occasions," and. When someone would heckle me yeah i would take out the book and i'd say i don't want to use this I, I, don't, I don't want to insult you and of course the audience then would be so excited to hear and then i would open the book and i would read insults oh just my the God, corniest oldest insults that's
2: hysterical
0: yeah, at, at the and so how did the crowd and, how did the crowd work start uh
1: i would get on at four o'clock in the morning at, oh stop yeah the clubs are open before in the morning right. in New York. yeah and i would get on at three forty sometimes mm-hmm. At the improv and play to one table. I was going to say, were there, was
0: there anybody left to talk to?
1: No, it was, you know, yeah. I mean, it was hard to do the big presentational act. <laughs> so I would say to people, What high school did you go to? You know, where are you from? Uh-huh. And that was kind of, sometimes that'd be kind of funny. And I'd say, What high school did you go to? And they would say, Whatever their what high school right. And And I would say, Oh, I went to an intellectual high school, trying to make it more conversational. Right. And then, and then course, you could go
0: into your material. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: you taught in the audience, it became funnier. The and you know who I learned from actually was uh, Jimmy Walker, of all people. Well, we wow. don't think of him as an audience. I don't
0: think of comic. him as an audience person at all.
1: But I was going out with a woman who had dated Jimmy Walker. Uh huh. And she had tapes of Jimmy Walker at the Playboy clubs, which used to be a circuit that hired a lot of comics. Wow. That in the, the day and singers uh-huh. and stuff. And uh-huh. you know, Leno started the Playboy clubs. Oh, I the, didn't even know that. Yeah, before the comics. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, she had tapes of Jimmy Walker playing. The, you know small audience at the Playboy club you know just turning out, and I would see where he would talk to the audience and just kind of weave his material in and I went oh that's, that's how cool. you play to a small crowd oh. so uh, you know uh, so I'm he really was a mentor also standing on his shoulders yeah
0: wow yeah. okay so now okay so now you're doing your you are finding your way mm-hmm. getting to the tonight show big 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 deal how did that happen for you
1: oh uh, well the first time it didn't happen oh. for me. The first time uh, I was in New York, uh, I've been doing comedy for four years mm-hmm. and Jim McCauley who booked the show, mm-hmm. uh, he, he came into the club and uh, the uh, the manager of the club said, I oh, want you to meet someone, this is Jim McCauley from The Tonight mm-hmm. Show and he said, uh, oh, very funny or something. I don't know, thank you. And uh, he said... Uh, in
0: those days, was The Tonight Show in New York? Or we had no, already, it was out he was here. already out so, here. So no one ever came to New York. Right, know? right. This, right. this was a big deal. This was a big deal.
1: Huge deal, yeah. Right. So, and he said, you're were you funny. And I'm going to say around the second show, I see you've got jokes between you talking to them. You know, I see you've got material. Could you just do it back to back? Instead of talking to the crowd? And I said to him, no. I can't do that. You know, really? Yeah. I had, I had two other shows to do at Catch Rising Star and the comic strip and then came back here and, and I thought even if he'd given me a month I couldn't have
0: Right. Taken all that.
2: Right, put it right, and right.
1: And so I saw, I saw him he said thank you very much. He got in a cab and went up ninth Avenue and I thought, Well there's my dream. Just disappearing oh, up Ninth Avenue, it was gone. Because that didn't come up.
0: Because you never really prepared for that audition because they just didn't happen in New York, right? Uh, no,
1: I mean, it was our dream wow. to be on the giant the show, the show. There were three networks then, and CBS an showed a black night. and white movie. The Tonight Show was it. There was nothing else. Was there was, just, was no other game. Just in town, Johnny,
0: yeah. That's right. Just Johnny.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, uh, so about uh, then three years later, I'm at the comedy store. Uh, Leno takes me aside. Have
0: you moved to L.A. at this point? Yes. Okay. I was
1: cast in a TV show. Okay, so oh, let's. Yeah. Oh, okay, so let's back up. Okay, so how right. did?
0: So out of the blue, how did that happen? Because you're this working with a crowd comedian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you get a TV show?
1: Uh, I'm working at the uh, Comic Strip mm-hmm. in New York, one of the clubs that I worked. Lucien Holt. Uh, yes, Lucien Holt was the manager there, and he. He built the bar. He was a carpenter oh, yeah. before they built the bar, yes. And great, great friend. Sorry this best friend. Mm-hmm. but um, uh, one of the waitresses at the comic strip, mm-hmm. uh, Hilary Rollins.
0: Stop, all right. Her, her father. Uh, I have known Francesca for 30 oh, years. Oh, you know her sister. And yes. I know Hilary now very well. We're very yes, good friends. Yes. But I know, I've been to Jack Summerhouse. So okay, I, oh uh, Okay, so uh, let me hear how this happened. So,
1: so Hilary is, trying to find what she wants to do in life. Right. She had been like a ballet dancer, mm-hmm. but it hurt her back, I think, and so now she was waitressing, trying to find what she wanted to do, and she mm-hmm. thought maybe she'd become a manager, a comedy
0: manager. Right. Like her Your father. father. Her, her father. Jack Rollins, for those of you who don't know, Please. Woody Allen, David Letterman, yes. who else?
1: Well, he, uh, Dick Cavett. Dick Cavett. We talked about, Yes, along uh, Robert Klein. Robert Klein. Uh, and then Robin Williams, mm. uh, Letterman. Uh, yeah. Yes. And, and, yeah. Nichols and May. Were clients in the fifties of his, oh, yeah. and if you can imagine taking an improv duo and getting them on Broadway, unbelievable, and TV, you know, just yes, well, the, wrong, yes, yes yeah, they were I mean, the most right, demand- okay. yes. And his
0: first client
1: was Harry Belafonte.
0: Oh my God, that's right. I know about that. Was and if you can imagine, in the early fifties,
1: getting a, a black, a black calypso singer, not just <laughs> not just someone
3: who was black, but a calypso
1: singer, wow. and and you know. Making a career for me. I mean, wow. the greatest manager was her father. Yeah. And so she was thinking of becoming a manager. So she said, she said to me one night, I'd like to bring my father in to see a few acts that I'm thinking of managing. So she brought her wow. dad in to see me, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> Larry Miller.
0: What year was this? This was
1: 78. Uh,
0: Wow, Hillary yes. had good taste even back then. Yeah, so wow. it
1: was, yeah, it was Larry Miller, Seinfeld, wow. and Larry David. Oh, and me, my God. The four of us, all the actors. And
0: meanwhile, Larry was, was a comics comic. He was not a popular audience comedian. And
1: he wasn't really even a comic strip comedian. He yeah, was, he, he was, was improv, improv yeah, Which yeah. is a whole different kind of world. Right. And uh, and so, so Larry didn't even show up that night. Larry, Larry this, 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 yeah, that sounds so yes. Larry, David. And, oh yeah, he. Oh, I got a gig. Well, there were no gigs in New York. I mean, <laughs> we were just in the clubs every night. No one was paying us. There was yeah, no. There were no, there was gigs. no gigs. Larry and Larry never even finished the free gigs when I used to MC at the Improv in New York, uh, which was frequent in those days. Right. Uh, you, 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 everyone did twenty minutes. Right. You know, if you're MC, you introduce them and you go, sit in the bar," and talk to everybody. But with Larry David, I would go out sit at the bar, and then someone would yell, he's done! Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I would have just said that. I heard if I, the
0: audience I, didn't respond, he would walk off. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. He,
1: he would just uh-huh. sometimes look at him and go, mm,
0: no. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> or someone would say something. Or just He didn't have the temperament, really, yeah. uh, for, for that. Uh, and so, yeah. And to run it's the,
0: amazing that
2: he got to keep doing it.
1: Well, he was so gifted and mm-hmm. so funny. I mean, the first time Seinfeld and I really got to know each other was we were uh, on a train ride to Philadelphia to work at Grandma Minnie's, which was a paying club, one of the first clubs, <laughs> yeah. and uh, our conversation was about how much we both were fans of Larry David, mm-hmm. you know, and this was. In the 70s? 77. Wow. Was, yeah, I don't know if Jerry even knew Larry at that point. And is, that's a, before was
0: Jerry 70. was doing TV, yeah? Long before. Yeah, His yeah. first
1: Tonight Show was 80 or 81. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Jerry yep. was, and yeah. So uh, so anyway, so, so Hillary yeah. brings her dad in, to see wow. as the greatest manager ever. Jack Rollins. Yes. Unbelievable. And, uh, and uh, so Jerry does a set, Larry does a set, and I do a set. And then we talk to Jack Rollins wow. afterwards, uh-huh. and uh, he says to Jerry, you should move to California. You've got wonderful stuff. You should do the talk shows. Your material is perfect to do the talk shows. Larry Miller, who says, you're a wonderful performer. You should also act uh-huh. and stuff. And, wow, how insightful. You know, well, both of them. Exactly yeah. right. And he barely talked to me.
3: <laughs> and, and I'm just
1: saying stuff just to be in the conversation. I mean, idiotic. I don't even know what I said. It was a yeah. um And then a few months later... Uh, so now did he so encourage
0: Hillary to manage Jerry and Larry? And
1: I don't know ever what happened in that conversation. I have to
0: she, ask Hillary. She
1: She never... She never did get into that business. Right. I mean, she decided. To She's, not she she
0: produces shows, though, now. She does, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And
1: was in a singing group. And right, Pilly, so, Lily, and Lulu. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, about a month later or so, she said to me, uh, my dad is so disappointed in you. And I said, oh, oh wh- why? And she said, because you didn't ask him to be your manager. And I said, oh, I didn't know how that's how it worked. I, I thought they would ask, you know, yeah. how it worked. and." Uh, And and then uh, I was I got a a a kids show hosting a kids show in Philadelphia, and I said to Hillary, Oh, would Jack do my deal? Because I didn't know anyone, Uh and and so uh, Jack did the deal for that TV show, and uh, and started being my manager then, and and then he would bring people in to see me, and this is something I tell. I mean
0: that's huge for Jack Rollins to get in New York. That that. If that—if you yes. need anything else in life to validate you, I don't know what it is because that's about as good as it gets.
1: It was the most unbelievable thing. Wow. Uh, yes, I, I mean. Wow. You get the best manager and one of the best human beings in your corner. Wow. And he would bring people in to see me, and you know, I—I I know managers that h- handle a lot of people and right. Comics and, just, and
0: Jack didn't have a lot—a big roster. No, no, very, very yeah. small. Yeah. yeah, Billy Crystal.
1: Yeah, people, but I mean, really good people. And you know, I asked him one time, you know, are there any people you missed? And he said,
0: Yeah,
3: there are
1: people that he knew would be successful. Did he
0: ever name somebody that he was sorry got away?
1: No, he said. Why
0: didn't he take on Seinfeld or Larry Miller? Uh,
1: I don't know. Okay, I never asked him that. That's a really good question. Because like clearly, it. he saw that they the had something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but. He just said, it didn't, it didn't speak to me. And, you know, I asked him about another comic that he, mm-hmm. he could have managed. He mm-hmm. said, no, the act just never spoke to me. And i kept, like, wow,
0: Somebody that's... like that, listening to their instincts has to be here. Well, then he
1: could sell you. And he yeah. would, what he would do, when I was at The Tonight Show, I booked all the comics on the, on the show for five
3: years. Mm-hmm. And
1: people would send me a box full of VHS tapes of all their clients. <laughs> You know, twenty clients. Right, like they were all perfect for the Tonight Show, and of course, mm. some are, some aren't. Right, and, but they didn't care. They just. But with Jack, it was he would take the people out to dinner, uh, and he would tell them what he saw in me, and then they would come into the club and they would see it through his eyes and that is of so of smart. It was. That is so smart. Yes, and it was the difference between Jack and almost every other manager. Wow, in, in for all of you out there
0: who are handling talent or looking for a manager, heed these words. That is so wise, great. Yeah. very yeah. wise. Yeah. So so he takes you on. So he takes me
1: on and he bring, brought people in to see me. Uh, and
0: did you, did you score right away? What happened? Because I would think with Jack's endorsement,
1: doors would start to open. Uh, people would uh, talk to me, Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, I would maybe uh, screen test for something. Uh-huh. I screen tested for Jim Brooks on something. Oh, I remember wow. I have a meeting with uh, the guys who did Airplane. Back those, are in the pretty, day. those are pretty. Those are pretty good. It movies. was their first movie. Wow. It's, uh, Jack and Robin. You know, and then the people that uh, uh, Miller uh, Milcus, uh, oh, who did a lot of sitcoms, okay. and they were partners with. Uh, on Happy Days. Oh, so and my
0: friend and mentor, Anson Williams, told me to say oh, hello yes, to you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He said that you were on the, the soundstage right next to Happy Days, and, yes, and yes, how yes. lovely you were. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yes, Anson I, will be here next week, by the and way. And I
1: guested right. on Happy Days. I didn't know that! Yes, yes, to promote this show, Out of the Blue, that I was doing. Okay,
0: maybe he told me that, okay, uh, yeah.
1: They, uh, and I played an angel, now, how they worked an angel into the?
0: How did they work days? an angel into Happy Days? A
1: dream sequence where <laughs> Chachi falls asleep. Dreams and, are wonderful. And he's uh, <laughs> trying to decide between devil and angel. And, wonderful. And the guy played the devil and angel. <laughs> and, so, and the cast couldn't have been nicer to me. Oh. Um, yeah. I'm happy so so did they?
0: Happy. Feel, okay. So how did Out of the Blue come about? How 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 did that come about? Was, uh,
1: they, they had this idea. That, you know, Milkus had split off from Gary Marshall at Happy Days. They decided to have their own production company. Mm-hmm. And they um, uh, did Out of the Blue was an idea they had. And they came to New York and they were casting it. Yes. And they saw two of us. Uh, flew us to California to screen test.
0: Do you know who your competition uh, was? Just A
1: good friend of mine, Mark King, oh, who was the funniest guy you've ever seen. Wow. He was in a sketch group. Uh-huh. Uh And he was so funny. Um, he was unbelievable. Wow. And, and, I, and he was an acting major at Penn State. And I thought, well, he's got it, of course. So we both tested. And somehow, I got it. And he was then cast in casting another show. Paramount liked him so much that they eventually <laughs> <laughs> cast him uh, that same got season it. on another show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was so talented. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so. so this was your show. This, well I was starring, it wasn't like I created it wasn't like yeah, no, I, but but I
0: mean you created. you were starring in I was starring in a you show. were starring in an ABC sitcom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's pretty huge. It was
1: a, quite a change. I, I went from making I made four thousand dollars that last year mm-hmm. in New York to making, you know, hundred and fifty thousand doing out of the blue the next year out here. Yes. Yeah. And I remember walking on the Paramount lot with my friend Mike Kane mm-hmm. and uh, and saying, Can you believe we're on the Paramount lot and no one's
0: chasing us? <laughs> what do you
1: mean? So
0: So and how did your life change? Um how did your li- aside from financially I have to think that did a lot for your confidence, for your swagger. Oh
1: well, it got me out to California. Okay. And, you know, it got me in the comedy clubs out here. I was going to say, were you yes. still
0: doing stand-up and doing every, that? Every chance I got. Okay.
1: Yeah, I would do it every weekend. And it was so freeing after doing scripted material all week. And and they didn't do it in front of an audience because there was so much, uh-huh. uh, you know, there so many special effects, uh-huh. you know, that you know, I'd reach out my hand and they'd have to freeze and then put something in it. And, mm. you know, those kind of things. So they didn't do it right. in front of an audience. I see. So laugh track. Uh, yes, and the director would uh, he would laugh to leave space for the laughter oh. after we would do what would be funny. yeah. yeah. So you do your line. So I went to the store, and then you would hear ha ha ha. <laughs> it was the most dispiriting thing oh. to shoot this thing oh. uh, all day, Thursday and Friday. But then I would go to the comedy store, the improv, and you know just play and have fun, and it was
0: wonderful. And st- were you a different comedian having your own sitcom? When you'd go into the clubs, was it a different... Did you have a different... No, I mean, No, you was still you. Uh, well, uh,
1: stand-up is what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like a day job that was annoying. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, no, it was a wonderful thing. But, you know, I mean, to any comic, uh, a But day stand-up job. was still your passion. Yeah. Uh, Carol Leifer told me one time the difference between actors and stand-ups. She was casting a special back in the 80s. And she said actors would come in and they would do anything to please you. They would roll on the floor, they would tear their clothes, they would cry. You know, stand ups were just annoyed they had to be there. But (laughs) their day was interrupted (laughs) by having to go to an audition, you know. They were mad about it. Yeah, that makes
0: good sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, And and you got to work with Robin Williams because he was Mork and they brought him in to. Guest on the first episode of the show. And so, what yes. was
3: that
1: like? Well, he was—he was so sweet. You know, Robin was—I mean, as funny as he was. There's—there's uh, there's pictures. I don't know, Louise, do you have? I do. So pictures of uh, the, the slide pictures. I they Took some pictures of Robin that day on the set, and uh, every picture. Uh, I'm gonna wait for Louise to get up there.
0: While she's doing it, I'm. Gonna, oh, every, oh, there we go.
1: Oh, not that one, Louise. Can you do the ones where? Uh, there are in the scene. for them. but anyway, now I'll tell them. And uh, every picture is me standing there, uh, laughing, and Robin saying something funny. <laughs> every slide is exactly the same. Of, uh, uh, of that. okay, so, we're a little um, delayed, so we can't. Oh,
0: here
1: we go. Oh, but that yeah, there's Robin being funny and me. Yeah, just, yeah, there you're laughing. Just yeah, every yeah. every shot is just yeah. There's five shots like that of yeah. Robin and yeah, of being funny. and he's so funny and sweet, and but the. First time I had really interacted with Robin was uh, for the show. They said, You got to come out and do a dinner at uh, the Century Plaza Hotel for all the ABC stars and the press. And I, I went, Oh, this is terrifying. You know, my little act, I never played to more than 200 people in the club. Right. And to come out, they flew me out to do this dinner. Wow. And I'm backstage with Jack Rollins, and Robin was also a client. He, he comes back. Oh right, Robin's declined to, just to, <laughs> just, oh, right, to right. say hello. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> and he saw how terrified I was, that it was just, you know, I was shaking, <laughs> oh. you know, I didn't know what I was gonna do. And Robin walked me from the dressing room to the stage as if he were a priest walking someone to <coughs> the electric chair. <laughs> <laughs> like he was holding a book <laughs> praying, And he walked all the way and made me laugh. Oh all the way there. I mean couldn't have been sweeter. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, not that I knew Robin tremendously well. I mean, there's, you know, comics like Bobcat Goldthwait, mm-hmm. who were really good friends of Robin. Right. Rick the Oven, San Francisco uh, scene. Oh, yeah. Rickover and mm-hmm. You know, but whenever I would see Robin, he was wonderful. And about a year before he passed away, I saw him at Comedy and Magic. And he came in. And when I first started, I used to wear a button-up sweater mm-hmm. on stage because it was cold in the subway going back. And so I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have a sweater on it. And so I wore this sweater all the time, and I would end my act every night saying, uh, I've got to go now. I've got to get these clothes back to Mr. Rogers. I was was just thinking of Mr. Rogers. That was my big finish. (laughs) And the first time I was on the road, they lost my luggage, and I went, I've got to go finish. (laughs) (laughs) My big joke. So I had to go to the store and buy a sweater. But but anyway, so last time I saw Robin, he came into the Comedy Magic Club one Sunday, and he hugged me and said, Oh, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Remembering that joke from a million years Aww. before. Very sweet. So, very funny, sweet guy who, yeah. It's,
0: uh, uh, well, it's, yeah. Um, it's lovely that you have lovely memories with him. Uh, yes. Uh, that's, yeah. that's,
1: that's a really and he would nice jump thing. up on stage sometimes when I'd be at the comedy store and just play. He you know, it was, it was wonderful.
0: Yeah, I was... We, oh, we were, that's not the switch. It's, we, we, it's more of a button-up, please, yeah. We were talking very, very briefly before the show about the fact that we have six degrees all over the place. Oh, yes. And that, but I, now I find out that you, there were a lot of near misses. So my husband, Gabe Abelson, uh, wrote for David Letterman, but after you were at David Letterman, he wrote... Well, I, I didn't write for Dave. I, I you, appeared on the show. You appeared on the show? Yeah. And did you do warm-up for Dave?
1: Uh, I, I, read that. I did, that yes. Yeah. Yes, in Vegas, I did warm up. Wow. I'll tell you sorry, actually about doing. Oh my a God. Warm up for Dave. Uh, they didn't. They back then in the eighties, they mm-hmm. didn't have a warm up guy. In particular, I think Dave would come out. Maybe. And, I think
0: the host, oh, like Johnny, came out when I saw the Johnny Carson show. He came out first. Uh-huh. Yes,
1: but but in the Tonight Show, right? Ed McMahon would do something, and Fred Cordover would say something, and Doc would play a number. They had a choreograph, but they didn't have a warm up guy, right. Per se, right, like, right, like a lot of TV. Uh, right. and Letterman didn't at, at that point uh-huh. so they hired me to go to Vegas uh, when they were doing a week in Vegas uh-huh. it, this was about uh, mid 80s when David was the hottest show when
0: it was still um, be, mm, on NBC, NBC uh-huh.
1: show right for college kids it was the show oh, yeah. and it was you know so oh, yeah it was a wonderful show. and so they uh, it, and I was worried about how big the showroom was going to be those big showrooms right. You know, because I played the comedy store, which was maybe four hundred in the main room, so I was worried about how big. So I would say to the uh, the assistant, my manager's assistant, I would say, uh, "How how big is the room? Could you find out how big the room is? Because I'm a little worried about this." And she'd just go, tch, tch. and I, I go, I so I kept asking her, and this was went on for like a month. Uh uh-huh. I mean, and finally, the week of the thing, I said, she said, "Oh, I found out how big the room is." I said, "Oh, thanks. She said, "It's." Uh, 17 by 20. <laughs> and I said, I said, what? She had found out the size of a hotel room. <laughs> and I went, what? So she thought I was a prima donna. That the hotel room was... was that's hysterical. Yeah. And this was a comedy manager. That's this, hysterical. This wasn't Jack's assistant. This was uh, his his uh, his partners aren't here, but they the manager. Yeah. That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, so I guess, so I did <laughs> I did a week of doing Letterman warmups in uh, uh, in Vegas, yeah. And I did the show once with Dave, and uh, I, Dave said a funny thing to me when I did the show during the commercial. I, I didn't know you weren't spo- supposed to speak to Dave. I didn't know what the the protocol, the protocol was yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I, so I leaned over to Dave during the commercial, and I you know I had done a lot of pilots at that point, and oh. I said. Uh, do you feel the need to entertain the audience during the breaks? Because I always felt like I had to jump up, you know, even right. when we were at commercial or something, pilots. And so I said, do you feel the need to entertain the audience during the break? And he said, no, I don't during the show, so why should I do the break? <laughs> And it just <laughs> made me laugh. He, you know, I had that little moment of, <laughs> yeah. of and he did and he, just didn't, he didn't, funny. Yes. And just in the way he's funny, you yes, know. Yes, in the way and, that he's funny. Yeah, and. um
0: yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So so Gabe was at that show way after you, and then he was yes. at the Tonight Show after you. That's right, that's okay. And um, the the Tom Brogan connection, uh-huh. and I'm thinking, and the Jack Rollins connection. Wow, and I'm yes, thinking yes. there's a lot. I, I remember other and things. Louise? And and Louise is a com- <laughs> absolutely. And um, yeah. So it, it's kind of crazy. So okay. So so you do you do your your sit you get you get a season you get 13 episodes 13 episodes in those days yes okay yes and And after
1: after 13 episodes they changed the name from out of the blue to out of the job and
0: (laughs) that was it (laughs) and how was that tremendously disappointing was um
1: i knew it was coming the ratings you Mm -hmm. know we were hundred and eighth or whatever
3: yeah (laughs) you know
1: the ratings weren't great we were opposite Sixty Minutes in Disney.
0: Oh, that's so bad.
1: Yeah, and Sixty Minutes was the yeah, best show on TV. Yeah, and, nobody and, else. And you know the wonderful one of Disney. Oh yeah, yeah. You're screwed. Know, yeah. And, and, screwed. Just, yeah. Yeah, and screwed. so it's just show failed and failed and failed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That couldn't work. So so now you go back. You're stand up, and you're doing a lot of pi- you're doing a lot of testing for other things. Is that?
1: Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did a show called uh, Laughathon. Yes. On Showtime before mm-hmm. anyone had cable. <laughs> yeah. No yeah. one ever saw that show. Yeah. yeah. Except for Johnny Carson. Really? Yes. First time uh, I met Johnny Carson, I was over at Tonight's nice show. Uh, Paul Reiser was doing it. Oh. This was maybe 82, so this mm-hmm. before I did the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Seinfeld said, You want to go over and watch Reiser? So we went over to the show, Jerry and I. And this, Jerry had done the show a few times, but it wasn't huge, huge at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're backstage, and Paul's kind of standing there hoping Johnny will walk by and say, you know, good set, as yeah, all yeah. comics wanted. Uh, and so we're standing there, and uh, he goes and says some nice words to Paul. Right? So uh, Recognizes Jerry from doing the show, and then he turns to me, and I reach out my hand and say, "I'm Jim Brogan. I'm a comedian." And Johnny goes, "I know. I watch you on Last
0: And to have oh my god, the greatest you know oh. star
1: in show business know who I was was you know just uh, wow couldn't have been more flattering.
0: Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a great story. So now, how much later is it that you get that? That you get the tonight show
1: uh two years later okay yeah leno took me aside and said you're funny enough to the tonight show now wait how
0: did you okay. and jay become how did you meet jay how did that friendship start because that's an incredible
1: that is a long friendship that's yeah. a long friendship yes, indeed. Uh, uh, jay was sitting on his motorcycle outside the improv in the days
0: when jay was a stand-up uh, a screamingly funny stand-up unbelievable like that the best stand-up. Fun. Yeah. He was. yeah at the comedy yeah. store
1: when i first moved out here and we watched Jay. When
0: Jay was on Dave, there was nothing funnier in the world than Jay on Dave.
1: And he was doing like it once a month. I mean, yeah, yeah he did it. How, how much material he had and how funny he was—yeah, was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and
0: dark. He was so dark and edgy yeah, in those absolutely. days. Yes. Yeah.
1: So I just moved out to uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I'm walking out of the improv after doing a set. Mm-hmm. Jay's sitting on his motorcycle side and he says, uh, "Yeah,
2: yeah, you're the kid on the TV show, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind
0: of
1: <on> <laughs> And we started talking and. Uh, Seinfeld was already friends with Jay because he had worked out here Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, knew Jay. And uh, so uh, Jerry And and
0: you and Jerry went back to the New York days. Went back.
1: When Jerry moved out here, uh, I said, oh, I think there's an apartment open in my building. So Jerry lived upstairs from me. uh Oh, lived in the same building for five years. Oh, wow. So, so, uh, And Jerry would say, oh, you want to go up to Jay's? So we'd go up to Jay's and hang out there every night with Larry Miller and Carol Liefer oh, and God. you know all the crew and Kevin wow. Ruby and oh, God. Dennis Miller would come up some nights and yeah all the group would come up and, wow. and hang at hang Jay's. I mean, oh, so so uh, it became a regular thing and uh, yeah.
0: But your friendship separated from the pack?
1: Well those guys would all be on the road all the time and I was doing a lot of warm ups for TV shows and stuff so I stayed in town. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't need to go on the road, and right. I didn't like the road particularly. So I stayed in town more. So Jay would call me, yeah,
0: come on up, we'll play video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and Jay stayed in town? Jay wasn't on the road?
1: Jay, in that period, he was in town a lot. Yeah, he was on the John Davidson show oh, wow. as kind of a consultant writer, mm-hmm. some type performer, mm-hmm, yeah. and his father-in-law was was ill, mm-hmm. and he stayed in town yeah. very sweetly.
2: That's where I met Jay. Right. I was on. I worked on the John Davidson show. No.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's right. I,
2: I knew Jay before I knew Jimmy. Oh my God! So what did you do on the John Davidson show? I was a. I worked in the research office, just pulling files for the guests that were going to be on the show. we running around town finding. It was before the internet, you had to find whatever you could. Oh my
0: yeah. god. So how did you get the, how did you find the stuff?
2: We subscribed to every magazine, every newspaper, and we would spend the day cutting things oh out and putting things in people's files. We inherited all of Mike Douglas's files. Wow. Because John Davidson had taken oh, over from Mike Douglas. Because so it was a Westinghouse show. Sometimes I would just oh. get distracted and start reading people's files because it was Wow. Yeah. And so how did you meet Jay? He hung out with us in, the, in our office. He'd wow. He'd come in his motorcycle and he did.
0: yeah. Wow, just a regular guy. Just a guy. Yeah. Just a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Um, and so, so your friendship. Everyone else was on the road and everything, and you and but you and Jay. Yeah, Jay was coming. Remained. Yeah,
1: and when he started, then uh, guest hosting the Tonight Show, he would say he would call me up and go, uh, "What do you think of this joke? Uh, how about this joke? Uh, how about this joke?" You know, and just read off cards and uh-huh. yeah, or he would call me up. I'd be at the comedy store and say, "Yeah, come on up afterwards and." Uh, and he'd have a whole stack of cards. I'm like, this, this. <laughs> and it became a regular thing. And then when he was uh, regular guest hosting, uh, like five days a week, he'd be there, you know, five minutes a week at his house. And then when he took over, he said, uh, you know, you want to work on the show? And I said, yeah, for six months, I'll help you out. <laughs> and it turned into nine years. Why
0: would you not have wanted that job? Because
1: uh, I was a stand up. Wow. You know, a day job's punishment if you're a stand up, believe me. Yeah. Yeah. I went from working, you know, my stand-up act, you know,
0: four or five nights a week. You know, and did you go from club to club to club? Would you run to the clubs or did you no. have, like, one you would go?
1: To- I would do the comedy store, the improv, yeah, in those mm-hmm. days, and whatever other club right. was around. There was mm-hmm. Santa Monica Improv mm-hmm. there, and, you know, Westwood Comedy Store earlier on. and mm-hmm. other. So, yeah, we did them all, yeah, and uh, then the Laugh Factory the late 80s came up, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. uh, so that turned into a regular... regular job. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Working for Jay became nine years of...
0: So nine years of that. And then booking comics. So that had to be a whole different trip. I mean, aside from getting all the VHS tapes Mm -hmm. from the managers, you have every comic that you're working with in all those clubs auditioning for you all the time, I'm guessing.
1: Yes, and a comic said to me, he said, now you cuz everyone's eyes were on me when i was of course. where i was I and mean, they said now you know what it feels like to be the most beautiful woman in the room <laughs> <laughs> and i went oh <laughs> I did,
0: yeah <laughs> oh, oh, yeah i mean i That's remember right. the mystique around you in those years i remember oh. i remember gabe talking about you and, and oh, cuz he, uh, he was doing stand up he yeah, was doing stand up everybody right. was everybody i knew was doing stand up and right. so there it's Jimmy Brogan, you know, oh Jimmy's um, in the room, you know. know. Yeah, there was a oh, lot nice. of that going on. Yes. But
1: I wanted to change it from how other people did it. usually you would never hear. You'd send in a tape to someone. Mm-hmm. And VHS tapes were hard to come by and expensive in mm-hmm. those days. Mm-hmm. So to send one out with a, a press packet where you had a Xerox things and you know, it was a it was a It was a thing. big deal. And you'd, then you'd never hear. Right. So I said, you know, we're gonna write to everyone. Oh nice. Send them a letter. And you know people that I like I would call and set up an audition for them and stuff. Oh, nice. but everyone heard that's really nice. from us and yeah that continued then after even after I left that's very cool What
0: well, so what made you stop doing that why'd you stop doing that you know at five years
1: I was doing the warm-up of the show mm-hmm. I think and I was doing I was at Jay's house every night till 2 o'clock and you know I was just doing a lot and they were paying me a lot of money. Were you
0: writing whatever. desk pieces monologue all of it? What were you do what were you mostly what was mostly your thing? Uh,
1: my job was choosing the jokes. With Jay. Oh. Jay and I would sit and go through
0: Gabe did that with Letterman. That's right. Yeah. He did he had that job, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, so Jay and I would sit at his house every night for 4 hours and go through hundreds of jokes. Yeah. That uh, came in. I mean Jay would probably read 400 jokes a day yeah. from the writers and freelancers yeah, the and the faxers and the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Just, so jay would just and he would cut it down to maybe 100 150 oh, by the okay. time i came in right in the early afternoon because i'd be at this house at night and,
0: and then yeah and then he still had a pretty meaty monologue like dave only did like five jokes five six right. jokes but yes. but jay was doing how many would jay do
1: jay would do 25. that's maybe. what i thought yeah wow. or more if if we, if we had enough material jay yeah. would do 30 if he, wow. we could and sometimes Debbie Vickers, the executive mm-hmm. producer, would come in and say, oh, "We've got a live show. Yeah. Can we make sure this is short, you know," and then yeah. we would try and save something for the next night. Wow. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, so Jay and I would sit for uh, probably six hours a day between being in his house and at, at the show, picking all the jokes, Wow. get those jokes for the show.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, how did you break it to him that you wanted to leave?
1: Uh, you know, it was silly on my part. I mean, uh, my contract was up. They renewed it. had a five year contract, then a two year contract, two year contract, and I was foolish enough to ask for a raise. I thought, oh, I deserve a raise. This is going well. Mm-hmm. And NBC thought, no,
3: no, we're
1: not really? giving anyone raises. Really? And I said, well, if you can go like that, I'll leave. And they went, fine. They went, oh, wait a second. They called my bluff. Wow. So, yeah, so it was just that thing that just all of a sudden happened but you know I had done what I could do there in nine years of doing that monologue every night you know and Jerry Seinfeld's father said a great thing to me one time he said some people in ten years working in business that ten years get uh, ten years experience other people get one year experience ten times yep. and I didn't want to be that person that right. was just the, same, the same experience thing. so I thought you know it's, it's, yeah, maybe it's not bad that I leave at this point.
0: And so you left, but you continued oh. your relationship with Jay and have to this day. Mm-hmm. So you. I, it, it, I think on Wiki, it says that you, for 18 years, have been doing almost every Sunday night with Jay at the Hermosa Comedy and Magic Club. I've it's got to actually, update that. I've got to update You've that. got to update it's it because it's how many years? 26. Okay, that's
1: absolutely insane. Every Sunday. And I'll tell you a story that happened a year. We take one of Jay's cars down Right. every Sunday, and, and Louise, I think you sat in one of his... Oh, yeah. There's a picture, a great picture of you in his, Louise is uh, looking for pictures. his Mercer, in his yellow Mercer.
2: Yeah, he took me for a ride right on that. It, it was like like going ninety miles an hour on a skateboard.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: What? Like, like he put this helmet on me from nineteen twenty, like that was gonna keep me safe if we hit the pavement. <laughs> but but that was even steam.
1: older than it. It's like a nineteen fourteen. It ran on roof.
2: steam. Holy. And he took it. Oh, he zebra. took it up Benedict. Uh-huh. Wow. He, yeah, it was it was fun. Uh yeah, uh,
1: but so uh, about a year ago, Jay says uh, let's take my nineteen thirty seven Cord down to wow. top. and.
0: How far drive?
1: How, how, how? It's from Beverly Hills down past the airport in LA. So that's. So it's, yeah. it's a 40 minute ride from okay. Jason's. So uh, Jason said, we'll take the 1937 Cord. And Cord is a car company that went out of business in 1937 because
3: of reliability issues. <laughs> 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 so Jason said, oh, we'll
1: take this 8 year old car on the 405. Good, this is car expert, you know. So, so we get on a freeway course. It breaks down right away. It oh, breaks down no. Right away. So so we're over on the side of the road. and we have a Has,
0: Does this happen a lot when you're with Jay and his cars?
1: You no, know, mostly he'll take like uh, the Tesla we've been taking recently or Mercedes. Yeah, he, okay. no, or new stuff, newer okay. stuff. But, he and, knows how
2: to fix his cars. He's and he, not yeah. afraid of so, so we've got the hood up yeah. and Jay's uh,
1: tinkering yeah. and I'm standing there. And people are... Stopping to see what this old car is <laughs> on the road, you know, and so it's slowing down. And then now people are stopping because it's you know, Jay Leno, seeing Jay Leno. Yeah. And now people are completely stopped and they're taking pictures. <laughs> and people are getting out of car and, and taking pictures of Jay down. And you know, so all of Los Angeles is now stopped.
3: <laughs> right
1: you know, up to Seattle, it's it's a s- dead stop because we're <laughs> two idiots now. And and this is and long. you have to get to the
0: show, no? And we have answers, yeah. so.
1: Uh, so, do we call the club and something? so, so, uh, and this is why you can't trust the internet. I'll tell you this one, oh. you can't trust everything that's the internet. People post the pictures the next day on the internet. Okay. And someone posts a picture that says, Jay Leno and Prince Charles broken down on the side of the road. Wow! <laughs> so, that is a, that's very, that's amazing. Wow. That's so, a good one. That is a <laughs> cute couple.
0: <laughs> that so, that so, is so
2: amazing. So, yeah,
1: Jay Leno and Prince Charles is half <laughs> 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 of the like, Prince Charles yeah, yeah. is broken down on yeah. the freeway. Like, like there would be an entourage. <laughs> or, oh, 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 you know, like, picture and the and
2: conversations right. that led up to that. Well, who's he with? <laughs> hey, he looks like Prince Charles. <laughs> <laughs> not it looks like. It is Prince Charles. And they put it in ways <laughs> <laughs> so it becomes official. Like this is the reason for the stop. Jay Leno oh. and Prince Charles. Oh my and God. With, yeah,
1: uh, Jay Leno and James Woods. Broken down. Uh, James yeah, Wood. Yeah,
2: yeah, I can
0: see a, that a little. Well, bit. Well, it's just insane. Just you got the Kennedy vibe thing happening yeah, too. I'm sure you've gotten that. Have people asked you if you're a Kennedy? No. You have a Kennedy. Oh, that Irish kind of. You look. definitely yeah, have like a I, Kennedy. I've met a couple of them. You have like a Kennedy yeah. kind of. Well, my family said
1: when they go to Ireland, they say everyone looks like us. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's an, okay. So, so, so all. Yeah. So, so when you left the show. Mm-hmm. Did it create any kind of broigus, as my stepfather would say, broigus. between you and Jay? Broigus is like a, a dis, is disruption. Like, was because was Jay? Did Jay feel like, oh my God, I'm losing my guy?
1: I think Jay was a little hurt that I left. Yeah, yeah. and I think I was a little hurt that NBC didn't step up. And mm-hmm. you know, I think there was a little hurt feelings on both sides. Mm-hmm. But we but did you guys that next, go that next Sunday? That next Sunday, yeah. We worked together. And did you talk about it? No. I, yeah. don't, I don't think we've ever talked about it. Okay, then no. you know, only,
0: I, women, women, thing, women. That's, Louise, that's, yeah, we would have talked about it. No, but, but that's I, very Jay enough. and
2: very Jimmy, yeah. so the combination. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing that it's- Mostly good. Jay.
1: No, no, yeah, that's, no, that's true, it's, yeah, yeah, we did.
2: Yeah, I don't think we've ever really talked
0: about it, yeah.
3: Wow.
1: Jay just moved on and, you know, I went and worked with Yakov Smirnov on- I, I saw the
0: little, uh, and so tell us about that.
1: Uh, Yankoff decided he wanted to do show on Broadway mm-hmm. called uh, "As Long as We Both Shall Laugh," and it ran uh, 27 weeks, once a week for like 27 weeks. And I learned that's how long <laughs> we both shall laugh—27 weeks. Was that a
0: good experience? It was wonderful.
1: Mm-hmm. I got to—I went to Branson and. You know, saw the shows in Branson. And I
0: I I can't even. I've never been, so I don't know oh, that whole scene.
1: I, I had neither, and I've seen it on TV, but I never seen it. And right, Yakov's show. He did a show nine in the morning. What? And three in the afternoon. Yeah.
2: Who's going to a show at nine in the they morning? Go.
1: That's what you think.
2: They Who's go. going? It's before the water park. They go.
1: There were, what, busloads of people on tour. The pack. It was a thousand seat theater. It'd be packed in the morning.
0: I can't. A thousand know. people.
1: And then. Do they, they laugh would, in the morning? They were great audiences. Yeah. They loved Yakov, and, you know, he was wonderful. And then they'd go to the Outlet Walls, have lunch. They'd go see another show, and then another show at night. And, you know, that was wow. the tour of Branson. But the trick in Branson was to get on the bus, get the bus right. tours coming to your show. And that's what Yakov did, and had a wonderful career there. So his, it was just the theater is right
2: where you get off the, the freeway. Mm-hmm. It's Yakov, right? That's the first theater you see. Oh, you did that? Yeah. Oh. Even before you drive into town. Wow. Yakov.
1: Yeah. Wow. He, he, yes. Publicity is what you you need. Yeah. yeah.
0: Marketing yes. is everything.
1: Absolutely. And Yakov learned that. And, but, I mean, an amazing success story, if I can just talk about Yakov. Yeah, please. Think, is uh, he went, Willie Nelson told him to go to Branson because Yakov uh, was doing well in the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, I with Reagan. He was huge. What a country. Mm-hmm. And then in 89, when the was it '89 when the, the Soviet Union collapsed? I could be wrong on the date. but yeah, it's about then. About then. And Letterman did a top ten list mm-hmm. of uh, what's going to yeah. happen now. And on the top ten list, Yakov Smirnov's career is over.
3: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And
1: Yakov saw it and laughed and didn't think any of it. Right. But sure enough, the you know that tension between the Soviet Union and it just wasn't the same. Right. And the Cold War was over. Y- Yakov wasn't getting the work, and wow, uh, he did a farm aid thing. And Willie Nelson said, "You should go to Branson." So he goes to Branson, and uh, he uh, gets a theater, and you know, and gets a million dollars in debt. He's got a guy running the theater that just oh, because you have to get the theater yourself. You have you, to. You, you rent the theater. Yeah. Lease in yeah. the theater and. You know, you have to pay for the staff and whatever. So whoever, the guy was running a million dollars in debt. Oh, jeez. And, and so Yaakov fires the guy, mm-hmm. calls all of his vendors that he owes money to, and says, trust me, I'll pay you back. <clears throat> and within a year, he had earned enough money to pay them all back wow. and, you know, the theater then became even more successful. But I mean, an amazing wow. story of, you know, wow. that's a roadmap of Yaakov. Wow. You know, being a comedian in the Soviet Union, speaking no English, you know, escaping Soviet Union, and in the Soviet Union they said, uh, you know, this money is really valuable. But no one knew because they never got any information outside the Soviet Union. So his father took a tremendous chance uh-huh. of taking the lining out of the suitcase, gluing money into the lining of the suitcase, uh-huh. Soviet ruples or whatever they were, uh-huh. and uh, sneaking the money out at the cost of you know they could live if possible yeah. yeah and getting to Italy uh, and realizing it's just worthless so we not that like, you know they oh have no money oh. they come to America and his parents want to live in the Russian section of Brooklyn right right. Where right, everyone speaks Russian they don't speak any English and Yaakov says no I'll never learn English that way and they get an apartment on the Upper West Side of Manhattan and he starts to learn English.
0: How old is he? Is he a kid?
1: No, he's twenty five oh, oh, at uh-huh. least. Yeah, maybe yeah. Right. The late
0: eighties, yeah, yeah. It was no no this was no. Th- This is when. This was in the seventeen twenty eight. Oh when, when, oh, when it was still when it was still the yeah, Soviet yeah. Union, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So
1: So that's a success story. I mean I've had some Positive things in my group, but did he know cool. right
0: away, okay, I'm gonna bank I'm gonna bank on this and I'm gonna be the Russian comedian like was that his act right from the get go? Yes, yes. He, he
1: got a job up in the Catskills just so he could watch comics. He was like a busboy and watched I wonder them.
0: If he was at my hotel. My father was a master of ceremonies in the Catskills. I yeah, wonder what hotel? Green Acres was the main one in oh. Los Childreck. Um I'll have to
1: ask, I don't know. That's very funny. But but he was but when Yankov, and I knew Yakov a little bit in those days, he first came to New York, you know, was just learning English, and there was a guy named Morris Moskowitz, Russian comedian, mm-hmm. who all of a sudden burst on the scene. There was newspaper articles, uh-huh. and Yankov went to see him down at the bottom line, which was a big huge, big music club, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's big enough that he could fill all of a sudden his music club, he's a hot guy, and Yankov went to him and said, he's unbelievable, his jokes are great. His English is unbelievable, Yakov. Well, this guy was from New Jersey. He wasn't <laughs> from Russian. He wasn't <laughs> Russian at all. Aww. And when they exposed that, you know, his, career, was his career. career just all of a sudden oh, done. Wow. just done. Yeah. And uh, Yakov wow. breathed a sigh of relief there. But wow. you know, Yakov was the carpenter at the comedy store. Oh my God. His first job out here. He and his dad, the comedy store, and they helped build the uh, one down in San Diego.
0: Wow, that's nice crazy story. yeah I made mean, a great success story so that is a great success story yeah. so so after so you're you leave the tonight show mm-hmm. you um, you're back to stand up mm-hmm. and are you going back to doing are you doing warm-up for for shows after that or was that before
1: that was before most in the 80s I did warm-ups mm-hmm. uh, how did you get yeah.
0: Oprah and what was that like
1: oh that was an odd situation because I was doing you know, I did Cheers, I did New Hards. Yeah, and you did, did a lot of mostly sitcoms. sitcoms yeah. yeah. And uh, I'll tell you something about after this. But Oprah was, uh, she was doing a show at the improv with. Oprah was doing a show yeah, at the improv? Uh Robin Williams, Billy Crystal, and Whoopi were doing uh, comic relief. Oh. And right. for some reason they were doing in a comedy club. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they thought, oh, someone should do the warm up. So they hired me to do the warm up. And so I, the room was packed, and it's it's Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone, it's big celebrities, right, and, right. You know, it's a big deal. And yeah, yeah. There. And I'm standing that there, there's a little narrow hallway at the Improv before you enter the room, maybe maybe this this big. And uh, so I'm standing there just waiting, you know, for them to tell me to go on. And Oprah walks into this tiny little hallway, and neither of us say anything to each other. We just both stand there oh. <laughs> <laughs> and how stupid of me not to go you know hello i'm jim Broga. i'm the warm-up guy for your show she has no idea who i am man i we just both stood there and they weren't ready they weren't ready they weren't it just went on
3: and on and oh on. my god and it got more
1: and more awkward as oprah and i just stood there
0: two feet apart how weird I, that she wouldn't she doesn't strike me as the type that wouldn't say I, anything I, Yes,
1: and I was stupid enough not to say anything. So, but,
0: but you ended up doing. Oh, so that so, was the one. So it was just one Oprah. day. Oh, I see. We were doing for, okay. for that one Because I was going to ask if you an inside Oprah Gossip. Okay, so tell us the Bob Newhart story. I'll tell you, she
1: doesn't talk off stage. I'll tell you that.
0: Well, we got that. Yeah. That's very yeah. interesting to know. No, actually. But I'll tell you
1: that it was, a, it was such a delight to do the Newhart show because I was such a fan. Mm-hmm. You know that, uh, And he would come out and do 10 minutes before the show oh, on a nice. stand up. Wow! You know which was wow. Just, you know I got to see it for. They were paying me. This guy, this but guy knew
2: saying. how to work a phone. <laughs> he knew oh, knew it. Yeah, yeah, doing those. He was, sure knew how was, to work
1: a phone. He was. <laughs> he was but he was, pick it up. he was. Oh, he could pick up. <laughs> he well, and it was wonderful to watch him do the classic. Yeah. You know whatever. And so one day I'm doing the show, and generally it was great because mm-hmm. everyone was a good one. But this one night it was just I was just tanking Just no one. Would tell me where they're from. No one would to talk to me. You know, it's just once horrible, just quiet audiences All mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> it's, and it's it's three hours. Oh yeah. The, yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it was a film show, and yes. it took a long time to tape, and they would do retakes, and mm-hmm. the, so three hours. So the first hour, nothing. I'm, I'm, second hour, worse. Just no one wants to talk to me. No one has any questions. Usually, oh, yeah. would take questions. Yeah, and, yeah. You know. And so the third hour, said, well, maybe you have some jokes. and you guys. And the little girl raised her hand,
3: says, I've got a joke. I said, oh, you know, I'm so relieved now. (laughs) I said, oh, what's your joke, little
1: girl? She says, why did the uh, chicken cross the road? I said, oh, I don't know. Why did the chicken cross the road? She said, to get away from the warm-up man. And it got a huge laugh. It got the biggest laugh. is this demon
0: child? Oh, my God. It was so
1: embarrassing. I am getting heckled by an 8-year-old, and she's killing. She's (laughs) killing. And so much that everyone on the stage turns around to see
3: <coughs> <coughs>
0: what got a laugh. All of a sudden, what happened here? But was, oh my God, that's yeah, hysterical! It was, it was so humiliating. <laughs> oh my God, that's hysterical. So, so Jimmy, Brogan today. What's what's um, what what's your passion now? What what what? Uh, if, if, is there anything that you haven't done that you'd still love to do? Oh, you know, I'm
1: doing it. I'm, I'm doing it. Oh, I like it's, that it's stand up. You know, I got into it to stand up
0: and, and are you still able to just do LA and not have to go around like what's your life like uh, you yeah,
1: pretty much yeah occasionally on the road mm-hmm. uh, do you go out with Jay at all no Jay no. doesn't use a comic when he opens mm-hmm. Jay does an hour and a half on the road wow as a, and as a comic yeah that's a lot yeah. I remember Seinfeld just yelling at Jay one night up at his house <laughs> when you know don't do it hour, do an hour <laughs> then come on and do a, a little encore you know, mm-hmm. and but an hour and a half. People want to sit, it's too much, Jay, don't do that. Yeah,
0: so, but Jay does,
1: you know, it gives people
0: their money's worth. That's you know, really nice. An Hour and, yeah. and a half, yeah. Wow. And so those Sunday nights just keep on keeping on. Oh, uh, it's been great. And so people mm-hmm. know, I mean, you've been doing it for so 26 years. Mm-hmm. So is it a lot of the same, like a lot of regulars that come down and see you guys periodically, or is it like always new people? And do people come as, because it's Jay,
1: uh, yeah, Jay still draws, still fills it up every Sunday, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think people bring their relatives when they're in town and mm-hmm. stuff, it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of an event they can go right. to if you live down there. And, and so,
0: do, are you guys doing the same material every Sunday? Uh, uh, not me. I mean, uh, well, <laughs> no. but you're talking to the crowd, <laughs> you're, you're talking to the crowd, so your yours is always ever-changing.
1: Uh, Mine changes because of that, but right. it's also a lot of stuff. Of course. But, and, you know, Jay has his core act that right. he does, and he does... An hour and ten minutes, maybe
0: on Sundays.
1: Yeah, just just to keep, you know, doing sharp. the act, right? Keep sharp. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he, yeah. So, you know, Jay will do a lot of new stuff that he's working on and stuff, but he'll do, he'll do an hour, wow. ten, yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah, and uh, and 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 are you do you still go up the house and do that kind of thing? I meet him every Sunday at the house, mm-hmm.
1: and we go down the club. Yeah, and every Sunday he calls me about 4 o'clock, and we have the exact same conversation. I don't know if do. have the exact He says, uh, you want to ride down together? And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah we've done it every Sunday for 26 years. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's ride down together. Let's ride down
0: together. Hysterical. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love He it.
1: has no idea. I think that he, that's how funny that is to me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he doesn't? No, he just, it's just. It's no, just, come on. He's, he's doing he's, it seriously? No, he's
2: not. Yes, he is. He is. No, he's he doing isn't. it seriously. Yeah, yeah. Usual mm-hmm. time. Yeah, yeah,
1: Jane. Yeah, yeah. I see you at six twenty. <laughs>
2: I thought yeah. he's doing it to be funny. Mm-mm.
1: No, no. It's the same conversation. Oh, I like it even better
2: uh, now. Yeah, <laughs> <it's fine. Yeah. laughs> They're like Carl and Mel. Uh, yeah, oh. uh, Carl.
0: Uh, Carl, uh, car- they published my book, uh, Carl's Company uh, Random Content, and so oh, no. I got to um, do my audio book in his pool house, and I would come in and. Harlan Mill would be sitting with the TV tables, watching a movie, and Mill didn't like the Well, it was Mel
1: Brooks and Carl Weiner from people who. Yeah. Oh
0: my goodness. Yeah. So. Um,
1: oh goodness. Well, have you seen the Seinfeld, where Jerry goes? And, and then he brings them chicken.
0: Cut. Is it chicken that they're eating? I think it's chicken that he brings. They them. order out. Oh, from is it from from a deli? He brings all the from stuff from the family. deli, right? Yes, well, that's hysterical. How
1: unbelievable oh these guys goodness. every night have dinner together like every that, and watch a movie on little. TV TV, yeah, on <laughs> like TV, TV, we nap- had a TV, yes, scene. that's what they do, oh,
0: they fun. sit there and they have the napkin stuck in the in the shirt, <laughs> I mean literally the napkin is stuck in the shirt, yeah, it's wow. just the cutest thing yeah. ever in the world, yeah, that, that, that Comedians in Cars was pretty, fen- it was, it was, it was yeah. Comedians in Cars, yeah, right? yeah, yeah it was ones. fantastic, yeah, yeah. where there was no car, there was just... Well, I think he has, he has lunch with Carl Weiner earlier. Yeah, I don't know if that's the same episode. Maybe it is oh, the same Maybe it is the yeah, same yeah, episode, yeah. but yeah, that, that was pretty spectacular. Yeah. Uh, do you have any ambitions like that to to have a show on TV? Oh,
1: well, if it happens, you know, in show business, it happens. Do you pitch? Here. Uh, not in a long time, mm-hmm. no. Uh, and I always hated that auditioning mm-hmm. process. I used to have an agent in New York when I was first starting out, uh, would send me up for two things. This is a commercial agent. Mm-hmm. He'd send me up for Lincoln and <laughs> Scarecrows. That was the only two roles he ever send me <laughs> for. Oh, yeah. no uh, Prince Charles? Uh, no, Prince Charles.
2: No, uh, Kennedy? Uh, no,
1: no. It was <laughs> Lincoln. Every February, I'd go out for Lincoln and i have to put the beard on the Would you and get it? it? No.
0: Because no. you kind of look, I just kind of see Yeah, i
1: put the hat and they'd go, he yeah. kind of looks like Lincoln. Yeah. They'd go, He's tall and thin, he looks like Lincoln. And then I'd speak and they'd go, he doesn't sound like Lincoln. <laughs> 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 Yeah, just like. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: that's a stir. And I'd have to
1: say, "Come on down, it's my birthday, it's my big celebration!" And I felt
0: <laughs> like
3: such
1: an idiot. Oh my god! And then god. I, I'd go up for Scarecrow yeah. auditions, and I'd have to, you know, if jump. I only had a brain. Jump out of a cabinet and go. I'm corn fused. I'm, <laughs> oh, 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 I'm corn I'm so embarrassed about, you know, some cornflakes commercial. I'm corn fused. You know, and I wouldn't get them, you oh. know. And he sent me one time up for. It was a cartoon Mm -hmm. of a scarecrow it was it wasn't even it didn't matter who did the voice it it was you know it was just the voice of a scarecrow but you thought I'd be perfect for the voice of the scarecrow and so I never got I just hated the
0: audition oh my god oh my god well it sounds like you're exactly where you're meant to be doing what you love yes what we love to see you do and um uh i am so grateful that you came and did this oh, um, you know I, nice i've one. known you from the periphery i i saw you yeah i saw you at the seinfeld t- um what was that it was the the screening of the screening. his netflix special netflix, yes and, and jimmy's in it and jimmy's in oh, it and wow. jimmy was and that was a star-studded audience jimmy <laughs> was sitting there with jay and john apatow and was there and, yep. and uh-huh. um yes. uh, Dave Oz, Super Dave Oz. Yes, um, Mark Schiff was on the other side. Well, there were, the whole it, like the whole, that was such a, that was a wonderful, fun, fun Wow. Well,
1: well, and that's special.
0: Unbelievable. I mean, Jerry it's decided
1: to do it in the comic strip where we right. started and flew Mark Schiff and me back to be with him Aww. there. And Jerry wanted me to host the show and see the show. So I warmed up the audience for Jerry for four Aww. four shows back, back in New York where we started. It was the sweetest, most nostalgic oh. thing to be back in that club. And they moved the stage back where it was originally.
0: It's not oh, there no. anymore? I haven't been in that club in they, years. They moved it to, to the, the original place. They well, looked, the original, I know where the original place I mean, is. When you yeah, yeah. looked in the window and you could, you yeah. could see it.
1: Yeah. And so they moved it back for Jerry and-
0: Oh, and you could see it from the-, the wi- Okay. It wasn't on the- It, it wasn't on this side, side. I yeah, got you. Yeah.
1: And so moved wow. it back wow. and yeah, so we spent a week there you know, doing shows and wow. going out every night to the Green Kitchen, which was Aww. the hangout, a restaurant uh, for people that had money. Yeah, so I <laughs> yeah. would go sometimes and I would get a brand muffin and a glass of water because that's <laughs> the cheapest thing on the <laughs> menu, have this sad little brand Aww. muffin and a glass of water back in the day. But uh, wow! this, so that special was...
0: Spectacular.
1: It was, yeah, funny was and, yeah, I and mean, Jerry was great and, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I, um, I have no doubt they'll be doing a retrospective of Jimmy Brogan one day. I think this was it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did the it's crap. My Netflix? Oh, it's not. <laughs> um. Maybe they'll buy it. Maybe they'll <laughs> buy it and put it on Netflix. Jimmy, okay. thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure, thank it you. Was it was wonderful. And Louise, thank you, you for, uh, oh, we did that at the same time. We both put our hand like this, Great. we did the carol mount. Um, uh, next week, Anson Williams, your Happy Days <laughs> person, he'll be here. Uh, he will be here, uh, they, Anson. They so
1: nice to meet those
0: guys. He's yeah. one of the nicest people on the planet, actually. And uh, Donnie Most just did it a couple weeks He mm. was just with us a couple weeks ago. We were at Donnie's house, actually and and i want to give a plug for that uh you know, they
1: were so great when i did happy days just to get. not that the people from happy days need a plug but you know they didn't have a dressing room for me uh, when i yeah. had some show and henry winkler says use my dressing room. oh stop they just couldn't have been sweeter. Wow. yeah and i'm you know ruining their show by being an angel i'm sure they're looking at the ratings going what's this wow, that's so they lovely. couldn't have been uh, that's really lovely me, yeah.
0: And I, I wanna give a plug while I'm thinking about it, um, Nancy Allen, who is a mm. fantastic woman, an incredible actress, but also she's an incredible humanitarian and yes. she is the director of uh, Spark which is a cancer support. Um, I, I did their benefit but, two years ago. Okay, so it's, yeah. it's this Sunday. Oh, it and is? And it's at the Catalina oh. Club, and Donnie Most is headlining, oh. and there's a whole slew of talent, and oh. the Bagley's are always there. There's always great people watching at it, and it's oh. a great cause, so great, this Sunday yes. night, if you're in LA at the Catalina Club, um, Donnie Most will be singing, and he's we know firsthand how fabulous he's that good. is. He sang, he sang on the show weeks ago. Well, it was a pretty it's a great cause. A great I did question. the benefit
1: with uh, two years ago with Wendy Liebman, oh, Kevin Nealon. Oh, the comedy uh, one, yeah. 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 And uh, Ray uh, Romano. It oh. was just an unbelievable uh, night,
0: yeah. And what they it's, do, it's what they do for for the families as well as the people uh, who have cancer is yes. it's an astounding organization. It's fantastic. Yes. A, a
1: friend of mine's daughter. I was having lunch with a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. His daughter said. Uh, Oh, you did the benefit she had just gotten over breast cancer and said it was so important to her mm-hmm. the, the Wee-Spark people that yeah the, WeeSpark was, is amazing. You know I mean it's they a comic have, you do benefits but this one was, is spectacular was Spectacular and then and, and personal. And, and very has, personal they and they help help do her.
0: they do so much they have so many free programs like they they do yoga with people mm-hmm. and they do they do all kinds of things that you, yeah. help that you don't get in traditional Settings at all and very spiritual and, and beautiful and love filled. So yes. it's a great cause. So support them, support right. them, and um, and go out to uh the comedy magic club in Hermosa and see um Jimmy and Jay because I i i want to go road trip Louise. We got to do a road trip. Let's do it. Let's do it. Great. And we'll see you next week yeah. on the road take. And don't heckle. <laughs> don't heckle.